and gentlemen, and welcome to RL Aftershock, the longest-running independent podcast for everything that is Rocket League Esports in the European scene. A very tired RL Aftershock as well, since I just got up uh, to record this show. <laughs> I'm the Eternal J. I'm joined <laughs> by Digital Bacon, whose alarm, hopefully he didn't sleep through today. My man, are you as energized as I am? Are you in the same sort of mental state? Like, what the fuck's going on with you? No, I, I get up at a pretty normal time. I mean, today was a little bit longer because I've been playing the living daylights out of red dead redemption 2 i finally got a hold of that and been playing it but i still got up at like you know 10 o'clock jay a respectable time not on call at 12 like looked in. <laughs> looked in. i plan to wake up at 10 but i've been sleeping so little lately that i slept through both my 10 and 10 30 backup alarms okay that's how fucking bad it was okay i was not i've not been in a good state as of late so um you'll have to excuse me if my talking is not as on point as it would be or you know my my <laughs> my analysis is not as uh you know uh, as sharp as it usually should be for a show like this so um uh yeah do, do bear with for a little bit hopefully it shouldn't be too much of a bad show as a result of that because there's a lot to cover bacon isn't there oh yes there is so many teams after the spring series have uh come out maybe aired their dirty laundry a little bit too much and uh, <laughs> we're getting a waft of that right now and it's an interesting uh sense should we say yeah, lots of transfers coming out off the back of the spring series tournaments, which of course we'll be covering in whole, plus all your mailbag questions on the 74th episode of RL Aftershock. Let's start, as we always do, with the news. And we'll start in the X-Reciprocity camp, or Oxygen Esports, as they're now known by. It was confirmed <laughs> that uh, Genji were going to go ahead and sign them. Uh, and this basically is Genji with a new coat of paint. Oxygen Esports are the uh, new look Genji side, and they are... Um, uh, they are uh, they are picking up the uh, they're, they're picking up the reciprocity side for, for for realsies this time. They actually competed their first tournament under the spring series. Um, for a lot of these, we can go very broad strokes because a lot of them is just reporting the news and signal boosting what's already gone out on the subreddit the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you know, like we're not, we're not exactly um, uh, you know with a lot of these cases, we can sort of uh, talk uh, talk in more detail when we get to their spring series performances. But uh, for Oxygen Esports, it's 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 a very suspect signing to say the least. You know? Well, yeah, we, we talked about the uh, Team Genji organization beforehand. Same shit, different name. I mean, the bra- the rebranding isn't that great. It looks like a very early, like, 2002 esports team, you know, back yeah. in those very early days when it was just a new thing with, you know, StarCraft and all of that. But, you know, oh, it's that curious, aside, actually. Gone. It's curious, actually, because underneath their, their name, they have 1773 under their thing, which implies that they were somehow founded in 1773. Was no, like, oh, the that's just some fun. sort of, like, revolution or whatever in America. It's, it's super dumb. Yeah, I, I know. I, I know. The American Revolution happened like what, the founding date was 1777 or something. Um, so I don't know. And I think the revolution started in 73. It's, it's like if they're state in like New England or something like that, when that was actually like revolutionized or whatever that know. sort of one. But I yeah, it just, that inclusion is just very odd there anyway. But, but you know, that that's their marketing, whatever. Yeah, I mean, look, again, we'll go into more detail about Oxygen and their first tournament outing over in the Spring Series again. We're going to go broad strokes on a lot of these stories, but um, I think it's great, obviously, the fact that uh, Fruity and Co have found a new organization, a new salary to take them through the Championship Series going into Season 10. So let's hope that Oxygen stick around for a little bit of time. Although, as I was mentioning in the last uh, time we reported on this story, um, uh, not exactly a uh, an organization that you would have expected to uh, to enter the Rocket League tournament, and certainly not one of like massive caliber that we hoped would, uh, would, would come through 
uh, to enter the Rocket League scene. But again, we'll talk more details about their performance in the Spring Series because that's the only real thing we can discuss at this point. We'll move on to our second point. Um, uh, a handful of awkward announcements coming through this week. Um, uh, we thought that Magnus was going to retire, um, uh, as he posted a tweet longer saying, the past and moving forward, um, which fortunately was not a retirement post. Um, uh, he actually <laughs> talked about the basically some of the issues that he's been having in Rocket League lately, you know, his mentality and stuff like that, um, which is fair enough if you want to come out and own that. I mean, you know, you, you do you if you feel like you can say that stuff publicly. Um, but basically, towards the end of it, the the point that we're going to focus on is the fact that he's teaming up with Linus or a lot uh, for the next season because he's probably the player that he's the most comfortable around, as is quoted from his Twitlonger Bacon. Let's start with with Magnus on the whole here and, and ask if any of this uh, any of this Twitlonger really contextualizes his performance in the last couple of seasons. So when you look at he he's very upfront and frank, you know. And the the problem comes down, and it's a massively long one, um, that he's no longer on the singularity roster after the spring series. They're like, nah, we we think we're better, and this is like one of the reasons. And we said it why they're probably leaving Godsmiller benched is because singularity want to have their cake and eat it at the same time. They know that they've got a team currently right now that is towards the bottom end of the RLCS sort of level, but they're trying to push further than that. And I, I feel a bit bad for Godsmill because he's probably left in this sort of limbo state. But yeah, Magnus, after his performance in the Spring Series, didn't really add any f- benefit to the team. Like you always use, you can use the term, like, you know, he's a bit washed or whatever, like you do. And that's a harsh and very blunt thing. But frankly, it, it's that case of now, like, especially, and we've been begging for it for ages, Jay, is that, the RLRS level needs to become respectable because Magnus isn't at a level anymore to really play in the RLCS, but the RLRS, he could easily smash it out there, you know? But it's just that point of the mentality is RLRS is just near enough a token appreciation to maybe get scouted for an RLCS team, or if you've got the skills, push through to it. It's not actually taken seriously, really, by players, or at least players that have already made it to the RLCS, because how many teams that drop on down really strive to go back up? The only one I can think of right now is Triple Trouble, but you can see there's already problems in that camp just mentality-based. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the weekend kind of uh, proved that. Um, obviously, you know, we're, we're Magnus already announcing his new team, just having gone days after the singularity, uh, uh, the singularity mm. run through the spring series. I guess it kind of really speaks volumes as to how good of a move that really was. But um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, let's move on to the the pro side of this uh, side of things because obviously, you know, uh, he's announced that he's teaming with a lot going into the next season. And it's like, well, obviously, we only got two elements out of a three man roster, but just from uh, uh, just from initial sort of stances, like, how do we feel about the potential that we have in this duo? I I don't like it. I'm I'm gonna be like, there's the nostalgia factor, right? And of course, everyone would love that from back in the old complexity method days, but no. I think Magnus still has a chance at a career. We've already seen a lot not make it to the RORS through play-ins, you know? And he he's the one that struggled the most getting through. Don't get me wrong. You've got him being able... He could probably still make it on through. We'll have to see with a new team. But let's just say, like, with that team, you've got Calix there who, from this past weekend, playing on the Clappers, looked good. 
You know, maybe he, he wasn't the strongest player on his team. We'll get to that later. But you you know it's not down to the teammates he played with. It, lot's got to change up his own play style. So Mogner's going back to him. When I'm there good, I think a Mognus could get, you know, quite comfortably into the RLRS and he's going to a player that couldn't do that himself. It feels like it's a step back. I want Mognus to grow as a player instead of going back to his old crutches. It's like not learning from your mistakes. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, you consider how he's already teamed with the Mets, with, with the TSM side and team with Mets and Aris trying to bring that back, that mm. duo and how well that went. Like, you know, like you, you can't, you, you can't always, uh, like, you know, going forward does not necessarily require going back in certain cases. And while I appreciate, obviously, that, yeah, I still think that team, that old team had a little bit to work with um, uh, back in, uh, uh, back in the complexity side. Like right now, they're just not fulfilling that potential. I just don't think that it's going to work out for them at the moment. So for Magnus, I don't know what he's going to do with a lot. I'm hoping thing that is still for the best honestly because obviously Mongus is still a, a, a pretty legendary player mm. all things considered um, and I'm glad again that he's opted to go for a grind through the rival series because you know like as you mentioned like, the rival series is very devalued by a lot of pro players and by a lot of uh, oh excuse me by a lot of people in general who have competed at that um, uh, uh, at that level and, uh, hell, hell I even say that the, the audience even doesn't really see rival series as a, as a major competition so you know to, to see these guys you know team up together and still go for another crack at it I just hope it doesn't result in a retirement after this season if they fail you know that, and that's what scares me the most and why I don't want this. I want Mognus to play alongside, let's say, two new players, purely because that will be what pushes him to grow, Jay, as a player. That's what's going to make him learn new tactics within the game, you know, new um, mental side of things, maybe even learn some new mechanics. Whereas going with a lot, it feels like they're just going to fall back into a slump of their old ways. And right now, that is not going to be good enough to push them through in a playing scenario, because let, let's just be quite frank. When we've seen teams like the Clappers come on through, you've got Magnifico there being able to smash out of the park as well. There are a lot of good bubble teams right now that are able to push. And we've got this whole, like we're starting to see a proper generation of Rocket League players come on through. Last season was a little bit, odd i'm gonna say um with the plans purely because you didn't see see great combinations and we put that on the near enough what three four week off season that there was because teams weren't able to like they just had it thrown on them when oh shit we gotta make a team and just all sort of scrambled but now that there's a bigger amount of time everyone is going to be prepared for the next rlrs and so you've got to make the best arm roster you can so whilst mognus and a lot are teaming together as say now i'm hoping by the time that they break apart and have found new rosters because i honestly can't see this working if it does great but i honestly can't well, plenty of options still available for their thirds, for their necessary components, and whoever the hell needs to uh, be, uh, uh, whoever the hell needs to be picked up or otherwise for Magnus and a lot. Um, uh, but talking about sort of like the, uh, the, the the potential for retirement for these players, obviously if they can't make rival series, well, that's already happened this week as well, and this is part of the reason why I was mostly concerned about the Magnus twit longer because prior to that, Greasy Meister came out on Twitter and he said, that's it. He's done. He's hanging up the coat. He's retired. It's over. Um, oh man, like fucking hell. Like, I, 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 
I, I, once again, I go back to the conversation that we had after Remco retired. Is that like, look, there's not enough of a basis for these guys to to to, to play in, in in Rocket League. You know, you have to be Championship mm-hmm. Series or you're fucking nothing. And it's like, mate, like you know, this guy is a fucking world champion, you know, season two world champion, and you're not allowing him. There's no opportunity for him to to hold some sort of presence in the uh, uh, in in the rival series here. Like, yeah, he he didn't do that well on a team. But I think the composition of We Them Girls was very very you know broken in a lot of cases but at the same time like this is a guy that can still bring so much to a roster and because of the fact that rival series is so harsh with its sort of uh, with its format and there's no you know basis to support any teams especially the fact that he had no salary it's very easy to go ahead and just say right i'm done you know and like the basis just isn't there to allow stuff like that stuff like greasy guys like greasy Meister to continue on with his career so like it doesn't surprise me at all that you know this is uh, this has come to uh, come to fruition but it absolutely still brings up the same conversation that we had last time a player announced his uh, retirement. Yeah, and like the reason why I think this is so glaring for us is just along the lines of you think back to say complexity before they fell. Greasy looked good, you know, and that was just last summer. Nine yeah, nine months back, Jay, and this lad was coming out, you know, a top four team in a world. Then they had that problem, of course, alongside Flakes. The whole team sort of fell apart completely after that, and it's understandable there. He went, made the wrong move with his team, of course. Um, like, I think he picked up two great players, and they could have been a great team, but the way they, um, you know, directed themselves there was wrong. But it just shows that, a couple of bad moves can just completely destroy a player's own career. And it's, I'm going to say greasy giving in him electing for this to be destroyed. And it's understandable because I'd imagine this has been a super hard last nine months of the lad, you know? Oh, absolutely. Especially when you've got guys like us ragging on him saying, look, you need to change your play style. And it's like, you know, do you know what? I, I appreciate that we have an impact in that respect, but even so, like, you know, I, I don't think that his bad performance or, you know, his team's bad performance uh, in the last rival series constitutes enough to go for a time, at least in a traditional esports sense, you know, in rocket league, obviously that's a very different story. But it's just like, again, you know, I think that if Breezy Meister had a basis to work with rather than just getting relegated and have to go for the 128 team bracket at all again, then we wouldn't see burnout like this to the point of contemplating retirement. Like we've already seen from mm. so many RLCS teams in the last few weeks saying, look, right, fucking open qualifiers are the worst things in the world. And from Greasy Meister's perspective, if he subscribes to that, then why the hell would he go through and try for a, uh, and try for the, the play-ins, you know? Like it's, it's just no point, especially if you're on a team that doesn't have any salary, you're, you You've gone from having several teams having, you know, some of the best salaries in all of Rocket League, you know, world championship winning teams, top four teams in the world. And now you're back in the rival series where you're playing for We Dem Girls, hoping and praying that by some measure of luck, someone decides to take a risk on you, which is a good chance they won't in the current economic crisis. We're about to enter a fucking recession, you know, and Greasy's just mm-hmm. like, well, there's no hope for me, you know, and it's the same thing with any other uh, aspiring pro. Another Jay Walls recently uh, mm-hmm. also turned up and was like, I'm, I'm also retiring and everything. It's like, this is not a good look for Rocket League, you know, like former world champions, no. you know, players that still have so much career left in them, like, you know, and, and they're all just up and going, you know, like it's not quite as bad as Overwatch League, for example, where their best players at this time are leaving. But it's like, guys, there's no basis for any players to continue a career after RLCS. How bad is that for a scene? 
Yeah, and like with the Overwatch League, we'll just say that basis is looking like those players are largely looking to different games, aren't they? You know, you've got like the rise of Laurent there and others coming on into the backgrounds where they, it's more, it feels like they're being pulled by the sway of them wanting to look at new adventures over there. Whereas with Rocket League, there is no competition to Rocket League. There, there are many times, Jay, that we wish there was competition to Rocket League within the sort of like virtual sports, but not really sports space because we feel like that would have given Sarnix the push to make it a better game, you know, and develop it there. But for this, where there's nothing, it is all solely upon the ecosystem of one game for these players. And that ecosystem is not strong enough to have it in place. We talked many times before about having, you know, the Rocket Baguette Rising Stars uh, ecosystem or the Superstar League, sorry, as the third tier and how that would fix it. But when you're second division, which should be your de facto, because remember, RLCS is everything. And yeah, Greasy here last season made five thousand dollars from two months of work and sorry that's not him making five thousand dollars that's his team between three of them what that works out at 1.6k that's not a minimum salary this guy can't focus on rocket league he can't make a living off it so naturally he's like it feels like he's got to give it up because this lad is you know past university and that now he's an adult and isn't a kid like most of the other players around him where they don't have those responsibilities put in place, you know? Absolutely. And it's like, you know, with the, um, you know, with, with the likes of a lot of players, and I guess you could say a, a lot of teams in, in Rocket League right now, um, uh, it doesn't feel like that a career path is viable for, for a lot of people, you know, in the long term. Like, yeah, you can have it right now, but as you say, past university, it feels like you've got to start stepping up your, uh, your, your responsibilities. And it's like, you know, in, in what other esport is that a case? And you talk about some of the, uh, some of the players from Overwatch going to Valorant. Like, I'm seeing so many Rocket League pros, you know, especially those who, obviously have gone down the retirement I know that Remco has been saying a lot about you know teaming with uh, teaming with other uh, ex-pros as well saying look I'm, I'm I'm playing Valorant a lot if we see Remco crop up in, in competitive Valorant esports I'm just going to say fucking hell Sionix like you know like you're losing to a completely different genre because that's how bad the esports infrastructure is and no <laughs> by the way Valorant does not even have any esports system. Like Riot have made it open circuit for the first couple of years, right? And right now is the very early stages where the best we have is fucking community tournaments run by the esports hub. You know, like esports <laughs> hub have not done, I've not done anything major. I don't think ever actually. Like I think they are basically the Call of Duty version of rival esports for all intents and purposes. So that's what they fucking are. You know, like that that that's that that that's the stage that Valorant is at right now. So why people are leaving? If if I do see people cropping up in the Valorant ecosystem, then I'm going to be really pissed. I don't know how likely that is, but just let that set the tone for exactly, you know, what players will be leaving to if they decide to go to a different esport. And again, if players do decide to go that road, then I don't blame them at all because like, so Rocket League has nothing underneath the, uh, the, uh, the RLCS in realistic terms. So Again, I don't blame Greasy Meister. It's a shame to see him go because I still think he had so much more that he could do uh, in the Rocket League space. But mm -hmm. that's his decision, and we'll move on from that. So back into roster moves. Uh, Mike Boy has been on Twitter saying that him and Rizex have parted ways with Justice on the RJM side. Um, uh, our boy Juicy asks whether or not they'll be playing Superstar League together. Um, uh, and Mike Boy says that we'll be, they'll be replacing Justice with Rick's Ronde for Superstar League as the stand-in. So... Uh, let's talk about the uh, the the move away uh, from justice here. Um, 
how, how do we feel about this? You know, is, is this the right move for this team? Like obviously RJM had a lot of potential mm. going into the season. They didn't quite live up to it, but they stayed in the, uh, uh, in the rival series, if I recall correctly. Hang on, mm -hmm. let me verify that real quick. <laughs> Just going to make sure that I'm not being an absolute dumb dumb. Uh, I'm clicking no, on the RG spring series. Uh, no, yeah, RGM stayed up. They were fifth. Just like okay. triple trouble. Sorry. I so, completely blanked out on what you were saying about that. <laughs> so RJM, obviously, we, 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 we're just this out. Was that the right move to make for these guys? Is this going to be able to defend their spot in champion, in rival series going into next season? So it, it's it's an odd one because Justice and Mike Boy have teamed together for the longest time ever, haven't they? You know, uh, back all the way to the MCON days where they had though. There was a fallen out between the players and of course they split their separate ways. Though has gone on to absolutely smash out of the park, as you know, uh, currently on the Singularity roster. But these two, like, it feels a bit weird seeing that duo split up because, you know, they're both the two Dutch lads that were yeah. incredible together. Now for them to split up, I don't have a clue. I will say it feels like he was the weakest player on the team, but that does not mean he's the one you get rid of because naturally it felt very much like Justice and Mike Boy had a good chemistry together. Um, it, near enough, the opposite reason, uh, the opposite case of Bruta being Rick's Ronde, where they were both crash, you know, locking heads, causing trouble for each other. These two worked off each other really well. And Rizex gained a lot of strength on this side by being able to work off of those two, knowing that those two are safe on their own. He's just got to think about himself and be very tunnel vision on a lot of solo plays, as well as knowing that both of them are going to be trying to set him up. And similarly, if they're both in attack, it's quite easy for him to know his place in defense. So for them to make this change, there has got to be a good player coming into this because Rick's Monday, he's a good lad, but I have no clue if this will work. You know, this feels like a very different roster. I don't know. I have a bit more faith in it than you do, I think. Um, I, I actually really appreciate Ricks and what he was able to do in the Triple Trouble side because that Triple Trouble lineup by the end of the um, by the end of the rival series, like they looked like they were a really good formation side. And part of that was down to the fact that, uh, um, that, that Ricks Ronde had found his place within the team. And I think if he finds his place within this team, then as well, it could work It could, it could work pretty pretty fondly, I think, for RJM. RJM? Is, is it RJR right now? Like, how the fuck do you... Uh, are they going to change their team name now? Because, like, you know, it's kind of the initials of the different um, uh, 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 of the different teams. That'd be RRM, actually, wouldn't it? Because Justice is the middle player. I don't fucking know. Anyway, bottom line. <laughs> Uh, but bottom line is, that actually, I kind of think Rix is an upgrade in this respect because I, I think that he's actually um, uh, he's actually a bit more of a capable player. Um, uh, and in the case of uh, in the case of the, uh, the the Dutch connection, I think that obviously Rix Ronde is there. Mike Boy might have a bit more of a of a um, uh, of what's it? A uh, uh, what, what am I trying to say? I, I have no clue right now what uh, you're trying to say. Like, uh, a heritage link? A culture <laughs> link. There you go. A culture link. So they'll be able to understand each other in a way that doesn't uh, that doesn't quite uh, fit in with international rosters. And that is a thing, by the way. Like, you know, take a look at some studies. That's legit. Um, so for Rick's Ronde, like, I'm kind of, a, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a, a bit excited to see what he'll do in Superstar League. Um, obviously, it's only for Superstar League. Going into Season 10, we don't know if he'll actually get officially picked up. But uh, for, this, uh, for, for this side, you know, if they do well, Superstar League and exceed expectations, and I can see an opportunity, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Like when you look at Superstar League, that's the best they sort of have right now, and it'll be a good basis. We know some teams have dropped on out 
when you look at, you know, Solari. But <laughs> there's still a lot of good talent within the Superstar League. And it'll be, yeah, a good trial ground for them with very little pressure as well. So they should be able to work on themselves without sort of being thrown into the fire because it's not a massive uh, prize pool for them there. They're already secure to the RL, RS and next season. So it is the best sort of case, the best place as well for Ricks to be able to see if he can fit into this team. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's still a lot of questions around the RJM or RRM side now. It's like, fuck it. I don't know what we're going to call it. Go the opposite way. Go MRR. So it's just Murr. <laughs> the new team name is Murr. Well, in the camp of Murr, uh, there is uh, still a lot of questions to be answered. And those questions will be answered in the Superstar League when we do come to cover that in next week's episode of RL Aftershock. But for now, let's move on and talk about some other rosters. A roster, in fact, that particularly actually competed in the Spring Series qualifiers. Uh, they announced that they were going to try out EXO for the Spring Series. Um, uh, uh, and I don't want to talk about Spring Series performance from these guys just yet. We'll get onto that a little bit later on in the show. <laughs> but I want to talk about the potential for so in this lineup from a theoretical standpoint going in as further on into the next season the rival series for example what do we think about this team nope it's not gonna <laughs> work Louis is way too up his own ass in attack and so Ixo has no chance to shine this was such a poor decision Tapo, if you're listening, you just got to allow... If you want blue on your side, and you've got to, of course, to keep your spot, otherwise you get Ricks back. But you've just got to allow Bluey to just do what he wants. He's going to always want to be the superstar player in attack. Allow. You just got to pick up another midfield player so that you and him can focus on defense and Bluey can ball chase to his heart's desire, the little Jack Russell. <laughs> do you know what? I have to agree. Uh, I'm yeah. afraid that, 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 that that's that's just the case. Like, you know, the, the, it, I can't... I, here's the thing, right? You know, I, I think that there's very rare occasions where I think two strikers can work if you can find the synergy between those strikers. But with the way the Bluey plays, I feel like he tries to take the, the star role on his lonesome. Like, he tries to steal the spotlight from any other striker that's there. Like, you know, FC Barcelona was just case in point with that whole fucking thing. Like, the way he played in that whole savage side and the way that he played with FCB. Like, you know, you, you see what he, he did there and it's like, you, you, it kind of makes sense that Ixo will just get shut out in a lot of cases. And I think that that kind of contributed to their performance here in the, uh, in, in the spring season series um uh, and, and i looked at this and i was like look I, i'm gonna hold out an open mind for this but i'm not too certain that exo is the answer right here um uh, and, and certainly uh, you know it's exactly for you what you say you know it's mostly because of bluey uh, it feels like he's <laughs> like the, the the problem child for every single team it seems um uh, and, and i like i like the idea again you know is a really good player um but uh, uh just in the context of this lineup like i i i, I didn't think it works you know and and that's not us calling Bluey a bad player at all. He just has a very certain play style, and he, he does need to change that if he wants to progress, because it is what is holding him back, of course. But if you're a team in the rival series, I honestly believe Tadpole, with the right third man, can get around that. They can make it work. Don't get me wrong, you'll never be world champions again currently, and that, again, relies upon Bluey, because naturally, Bluey gets demoed, their attacking force is gone, you know, or if they, if anyone else gets demo, Bluey's not going to go back and save them and get them out of that bind. Most of the time he's way too stuck downfield. So you, you, you've got a problem glaring right there, but you can find a third man that I think will be able to get you into the RLCS. And then from there, 
you would hope you've had enough time to fix those issues, you know? And right now, like, you look in, and a second attacker is not going to work. Mm. You've got to have another all-field man so that Tadpole isn't relied solely on that defense. Ixo is okay at defense, and he has been trying to move to an all-field player role, but that's not where he's best. He is best more as an aggressive attacking player. So you've got to try and find this new lad to fit into Rossum. Right now, I've got no clue who that would be because I'm just like trying to think in the offseason like who's still available but also you want them to go with a new player to bring on up because I feel like Triple Trouble right now needs to be more inventive rather than falling back on those old crutches of players who they already know yeah, there needs to be a few more answers, and it is kind of difficult with the current state of things. So, you know, I, I guess that we'll we'll see where Triple Trouble go from here. Um, uh, uh, again, we'll talk in more details about their spring series performance in the later part of the show. But now that I want to talk about the AS Monaco side, um, they're trying out cash of all players. Um, uh, uh, I think I don't know if we mentioned the fact that uh, uh, you know ASM were, uh, were opting for uh, uh, you know a, a different performance or a, a different roster in the past because um, uh, very recently. Recently, they announced that uh, uh, that Tigray was off the roster. Uh, so they were sort of like, you know, I think they were going to go through a whole process of trying to mm-hmm. new players. Cash was touted. Cash was officially registered to the team in the spring series. Um, and again, similar conversation or, or similar sort of like, you know, uh, approach to this conversation at the Triple Trouble side without diving into the spring series. What do we think of what he could bring to this side? Good. Cash was great for this team again they needed a more aggressive player i talked about this before with ignite falling back he's less aggressive and now is more focusing on the whole field and again i'll contribute this to a confidence issue where he just does not feel that he can deliver solely as the one aggressive the star striker cash he, he's got no fear in him, it seems. So him he can deliver on that aspect. And you look at how this team played. Like, I wouldn't have expected them to qualify on through. I'm just going to say right now, purely because they're playing with a new lad for their first tournament. But to get near enough into a runners-up spot, that's fantastic. Who do they drop to? Singularity. And then they took down Oxygen J, took down Solari, and then got dropped by Canyons. I don't think you could have asked for a better performance, really, from them like, and being no, realistic. I mean- I mean, considering where uh, AS Monaco were at uh, in this in the rival se- in the championship series this last season, obviously not even getting a single victory on the board. It's like a- any sort of move into an upgraded player would have been a fucking you know uh, a big pickup for them. So to have cash in and already to start showing up a decent a decent showing, like you know we're looking at a very very powerful team, um, uh, and, uh, and 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 certainly their uh, their their stance. I think has a lot of promise behind them. Um, uh, uh, you know, we talked a lot about how the players there didn't really show any sort of like, you know, good talent. I think that obviously uh, extra was, uh, uh, was the best element of AS Monaco. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and having Tigre drop out to, uh, to see cash coming in uh, with Ignite there as well, who I think has potential behind him, but he just hasn't been unlocked in the last season. Um, I think that there's a lot of potential uh, for, for the, for this new player to come in and for the AS Monaco side for cash. It's a great opportunity. Um, I don't, I don't blame him for leaving the notorious league or awkward turtle side um, uh, uh, and uh, I mean we can kind of segue into that one if unless you have anything else you want to say about it I, I just out. want to say that now this we're in a weird position because we're we were expecting extra to maybe get picked up by one of the RLCS teams but with this move he's locked in by all accounts isn't he 
I mean, you know, you could just do the uh, the triple trouble thing and just say fuck Tadpole <laughs> and just leave him. <laughs> you know, you could do Maybe. that to, to eye ignite. So you know, and um, I, uh, realistically, for an RLCS team, I wouldn't blame Extra for doing that because it's secured salary. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, that's what it is. And like we said, realistically, RLRS isn't respected at all because I mean, Sonics doesn't even respect it. It seems so. If that happens, it happens, and there's Monica have to go back through the planes, but. I I hope this team sticks together because I could see this team making a run next season and really doing Absolutely. well. But that's because currently right now they're like the best RLRS teams bar canyons. Absolutely, I, I agree with you. I believe that that's uh, that's certainly the uh, the, the case with AS Monaco. Um, uh, and speaking of Cash's former team, Notorious Legion. And so we're going to talk about them. They have dropped their roster uh, officially, which uh, again, again, yeah, we're talking a lot about how you know it's not really worth it um, uh, for our teams to enter into the uh, into the rival series, and, and that I think Notorious Legion found out the hard way from a business standpoint. The team was really good, which which kind of does suck to a certain extent because I feel like they were on the precipice of doing some uh, uh, doing some good work. Um, I think that the next season would have been theirs, but uh, uh, you know, Notorious Legion have dropped them, and now they're the awkward turtles going into the next season. So. The Notorious Legion drop to me, Jay, just feels more like the, let's say, the economics of the scene, the whole display of it, and that Notorious Legion had picked them up for the season, picked them up for the two months. They didn't have any intention for really carrying that on purely because they needed something for their team to represent them in. And right now, there is nothing there. So why are they with, you know... RLRS due to start back up in, let's say, September, because generally that's what the schedule is. So you've got June, July, August. Why are they going to pay the salaries of these three players for three months when they're not going to get anything in return? There's no point. That's what I'm saying, you know, like, you know, it, because there's no competitions that are designed for rival series uh, players. And before we had stuff like DreamHack, for example, where, you know, you could have found an entry point, um, obviously... And Notorious the, Legion, um, uh, if there was DreamHacks, would have sponsored them further, I reckon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it would have been on a more... It would have been on a different basis. They would still have been playing, but it had been more a case of the team would have been, you know, probably just paid to fly on out to those DreamHacks and take part in the European ones anyway. And, you know, slightly different basis to make sure that they're still making money, of course, during this time. But they would have still kept the name. With nothing here, there's, there's no point for them to sponsor at all. No, that's what I 100 agree. You know, if we had if we had more tournaments where people could play and we can enter, see all, all good turtles enter into um, or Notorious Legion uh, prior to this, enter into some more competitions, and yeah, that'd be great. But that just goes to show the state of the scene, the economics right now uh, for Notorious Legion. There is nothing left for them to do, so um, uh, they're out. Awkward Turtles return to the uh, the rival series, obviously with Tigre standing in in place of Cash. A bit of a trade between ASM and Awkward Turtles in that respect, but some. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, awkward titles. You know, see where they can go from here, and again, see if they can capitalize and build upon the uh, uh, the the lineup that they had in the last uh, rival series season. I do want to ask about that actually, because having lost cash to the ASM side, have they lost the main crutch of their performance and their team, or is there more to this squad than uh, than than just their main striker? So. No, the core of the team is Matein and Tars. It always has been those two, a little bit like what we thought Justice and Mike Boy were, quite frankly. They are the core. But that third man, they're going to have to be careful who they pick up as their new third man, of course, going forward. Um, if I bring up their results from 
sorry, looking at it now, where they put in Tigre, it weren't great. And Tigre's not the player you want to. And that was quite funny, actually. It was a like-for-likes. It was literally a swap back and forth, weren't it? And quite funny as well uh, that Awkward Turtles took down RGM there. But it's not the right man to pick up, quite frankly. Awkward Turtles, I don't know what you're doing thinking up, you know, to pick up Tigre. You need an aggressive striking player because that's just naturally what works with this formation. They should have been the ones picking up bloody Ixo, you know? Yeah, absolutely, and um, uh, I feel like if they had the EXO on there, but I mean, there's still a chance to be honest because we haven't confirmed anything with Triple Trouble as of right now. So it'll be curious to see whether or not they'll 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 pick up EXO. Uh, and if they do, then I think that that might be able to save Victorious Legion or you know Awkward Turtles uh, in their own respect. So uh, again, there's still a lot of breathing in between now and the next season. So we'll see whether or not that all comes together. But for now, we're going to move on to our final news topic: breaking just yesterday, um, uh, Johnny Boy announced. Is the fifty thousand dollar fusion RL or announcing fusion RL the fifty thousand dollar tournament for North American and EU tournaments combining three v three, two v two, and one v one Rocket League? It came on Twitter with this fancy forty five second trailer, which I won't lie, kicks the shit out of our website trailer. You know, uh, I'm certainly jealous on that respect. So I'm going to have to get in touch with this uh, uh, Linux Eva uh, guy because that was certainly uh, impressive from him. But um, uh, yeah, fusion. 50 grand prize money um i mean look right i mean on the one hand i am very very happy that we've got more tournaments here um mm-hmm. for na and eu especially as well because we've got some other uh, decent opportunities um uh, there's also opportunities for middle east uh, uh south america uh to, to qualify um uh, we'll get into the middle east thing in a minute here i just wanted to talk about the specifics of the actual tournament itself because it's very fucking gimmicky. And that's the other side of the thing. Like, I'm really happy we've got tournaments and this kind of money prize pool, but it's like, what the fuck is this format, man? Like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so straight up, Good, good on Johnny Boy. Good on uh, the Sam Rock lot, whatever, for putting this on for us. And it's going to be great to see. But yeah, it's so gimmicky. It's so weird. So quite straight up for the qualifiers. The format for the qualifiers, guys, is a um, double. Um, so you you put your name. You you sign up by posting on Twitter. The captain does anyway. What their team is, and then at Johnny Boy and hashtag Fusion RL. Little bit strange of a way, uh, but it's all invited. Qualifiers format: double or limb. Every series will be a best of five, and the top eight teams qualify. The series format, though: game one, three v three; game two, two v two; game three, one v one; game four, the losing team's choice; game five, the, the other team's choice what i mean this is the sort of thing we we've enjoyed for like little shitty hundred uh dollar you know just one-off tournaments just for the fun of it but the problem stems here that this is fucking 25 grand per region this is the current biggest tournament on you know due coming up and it is ultra gimmicky what yeah, I mean, I looked at this and I was like, you know, oh, great, we've got a new tournament. It's going to sponsor 3v3, 2v2, and 1v1. They'll probably, like, create some different tournaments and separate them and, like, split, mm. split the prize pool. And that makes sense because it might circumvent Psyonix's fucking, uh, you know, $5,000 cap. And I just looked at this and I was like, what the fuck, you know? And then the actual, that's just for the qualifier, by the way. Like, that's all one match, right? The one best of five match where you play one in game in 3v3, one game in 2v2, one game in 1v1 at least. I can't fucking believe that, mate. 
like you're basically resting your entire you know series potentially on one big fucking um uh you know uh on on on, on one big fucking you know one v one player uh you know and you know and, and then the actual format for the main tournament is super super weird because then they separate those things but then each team's has to field a 3v3 a 2v2 and a 1v1 roster and then sort of like the points add up and then eventually you get into uh um uh was it uh, is there a playoff placement right here like you know that that, that part's not explained you know it mm. seems like you know, it's just going to be seven sort of single elimination brackets and then based on your tournament uh, uh points in the tournament you'll get a certain part of the of the of the prize pool and i'm just like what, what's going on here like it's still it just feels like such a fucking you know like it feels like someone has come in with a very severe lack of understanding as to how rocket league esports works and what makes it appealing and just said we'll do all the fucking game modes and uh, you know just like you know just throw in some weird show match shit because that's what this feels like to me like it feels like a bunch of show matches in a um uh, in a bracket and that's not to say the least about who's going to get invited to this tournament bacon yeah, and the, the only reason, guys at home, why we're like ragging on this a little bit comes down to, like Jay said, th this feels like not an understanding of why esports work. Like, no ragging on Johnny Boy, I think he'll make this entertaining, but he is gimmicky. It is show matches, like you said, and the real, real annoyance comes down to if there is a standing a place for someone to put down 50 grand like this which matches you know the prize pool of the lower regions in rcs well not anymore as of this current season but it just comes down to why is there nothing higher above this if this is our gimmicky stuff that most people wouldn't even consider within the esports systems as a minor this is currently being looked at jay quite frankly is a major with 50 grand you know prize pool wise it's not going to go down as high. it will go down as a minor but what is going on above this and it's going to be interesting to see going forward because this would have had to be agreed by psionics so i don't know that gives me a little bit of hope that there is bigger stuff down the line but as of right now this is the only big tournament there is there is nothing more and I'm looking at the prize pool distribution and that, and I don't know. Do we think the big teams are going to be asked to play in this? Like with all the, I don't know, 1v1s, 2v2s, and 3v3s? I can imagine Vitality, because those lads love 2v2s and 1v1s. But like the other teams around, let's say Dig and that, do you think they could be asked to play for like numerous brackets where the prize money isn't actually that good because you're having to play tons of times across the week you know in like multiple brackets to be able to get say where they where they split, spread it out a little bit to maybe get like six grand from three nights of work i don't know me i mean here's the thing right you know, bit, mm. here's the thing right i think they will exclusively because this is the biggest thing we've got on the horizon there's nothing else that we've got announced like Sonics has said we're going to do something we're going to do something we're going to do something we're going to bring an announcement we're going to send that newsletters out to fucking teams and it's like oh, oh where are these resources you know like even if you only sent out teams like you know team owners of fucking you know the information like that shit would have gotten leaked like trust me we'd know by now because yeah. you know we, we we would fucking know if there's anything up on the horizon and there's not there's, there's fucking tight lip beyond belief 
And like, you know, like just considering exactly like everything around this, not just the format, but also the way the teams are going to get invited. Basically, you've got to tweet to Johnny Boy, your fucking team. And if he thinks you're good enough, he'll just send you in to the qualifier. It's like, what system is this? You know, like what kind of qualifier <laughs> system is this? That this is so dumb. Again, it feels like such a show match. Like it feels like a fucking glorified show match for every single match that you'll see played out over the course of this one. And I just, I just don't know what this contributes to the Rocket League space. Like, I don't think I'm going to, uh, you know, qualify this in my, my team rankings. I'm not going to see, I don't think I'd include this tournament in my team, in my year overview. Like, you know, there's just, th- 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 this, this whole thing makes no fucking sense. And then again, talking about Johnny Boy tournaments, like someone's got a real hard on for giving him a shit ton of money. And, and that guy is in Civic again. Okay, look, I'm, I'm, I said it in TEI. I'm going to say it here again. It's a conflict of interest to have this guy sponsoring tournaments. Because guess what other regions are going to get included in the European side? Middle East. Who's the biggest Middle Eastern team? The one that Incivic so happens to own. Guys, that's a conflict of interest right here. It's so massive. I can't believe no one's fucking like calling this out. Like, guys... Right, you realize how fucking skewed these results will now be, and you realize how untrustworthy this is as a result. You know, like I, I realize yeah. that yeah, the likelihood of Incivic actually doing something to to fix results in the favor of, of, of Sandrock is very, very low. But the fact that it's even a possibility is the issue here. Like, and the fact that also this is also fifty thousand dollars. The prize pool overall is so massive. Sandrocks are letting it slide. They're letting it slide from the same organization that wanted to that that did not want Mocket to have several different teams and wanted to try and stamp out conflict of interest with multi-team ownership. Like, guys, this is the biggest multi-team. This is the biggest conflict of interest you could find. You know, a tournament <laughs> organizer, a tournament sponsor, the main guy funding the tournament, fielding his team in the tournament as well. Like, that's just not on. That just can't be on here. Absolutely bonkers right now. But with that. Good luck, Johnny boy. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm sure it'd be entertaining. John, John, man, listen, okay, like <laughs> you, you can do better than this. Like you can do fucking better than this, mate. Like you know, you don't. Why the hell do you have to compromise with this shit format? Why the hell have we got to do this gimmicky crap? Like you could run such a brilliant, brilliant tournament. You already done it with Ti. You know, you already done it with Ti. Why can't you find some legitimate sponsors? You know, more importantly, why does Sonic have such a big thing with letting individuals create tournaments? Like there was a subpar but an HD podcast where Johnny came on and they were talking about how sponsors are so difficult to vet what's difficult to vet about a sponsor you're talking about like fucking like, big brands like omen trying to enter the space you know the title sponsors of the overwatch league created some of the most innovative csgo broadcasts in the world what you got to vet about that let them run their fucking tournaments you already cancelled those in the past meanwhile mr middle east right here we don't know who he is we don't know what he's done he's fielding his own team in his own tournaments are you not gonna vet that are you Sionix? Like, what the fuck is this no one's saying anything about this shit. No one's saying a fucking word mm. about these tournaments. And look, John, I, you can do better. You can do so much better if you want. I realize how hard it is to get sponsors in this fucking industry, and especially in the Rocket League space, but come the fuck on, man. Come on. Like, you're really going to compromise, potentially destroy competitive integrity for the sake of a, for the sake of a tournament. Like You make enough money from just streaming as it stands. You know, I know you want to do something good. This is not good, though. This is not good for anyone except for in Civic, probably. Well, even then, I don't know what Incivic is doing coming on in. Like, what what is he got to gain from this? It's so odd to me. 
because there is no future case where Samrock get into well, the definitely into like Middle East isn't going to get its own region within the RLCS. Is he trying to push for? Middle East to be able to get a qualification spot so that they can play in the qualifiers in the planes, but then that's well, a fucking risky thing. And even then, the money from RORS is definitely not worth it. So it makes near enough no sense to me. That's why you've got to look at and go, what is there to be played and made at here? That's well, why that's the thing, boring. right? That's the reason why I just want them to create a CIS and an MEA fucking mm-hmm. uh, RLCS. So we can just say, right, there you go. There's your fucking league. Play it. You get your spot in the RLCS. There you go. Like, you know, now we'll see what you can really do. Because that way we wouldn't have to deal with shit like this, okay? Like, you know, I I want this expansion to happen just so we can say, get everyone to shut the fuck up. Because already the Sandrock fans, the driveling idiots of the, of the Reddit have come out in full force. We haven't even seen the fucking announcement come through. And they were commenting on Yen's post. I don't know if you saw that bacon, right? It was like Jens created a, an article for GG Recon. Um, Jens is one of our staff writers at RL Aftershock. He created an article for GG Recon, posted it on the uh, 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 on the subreddit saying, you know, why are French such a dominant region? It's a good article, actually. It was, it was pretty impressively read. You should go check it out. Um, uh, uh, you know, and, and Jens has got articles coming up for us very soon. So, you know, a lot of uh, opportunities available for him. And it's like, you know, like, you know, you, you see this article come out and it's like, oh, hey, you know, like it's, it's actually an interesting little in, in-depth look into the French Rocket League scene and the fucking people people with the Sandrock flares, the absolute, again, trivialing idiots, just like, French is so good because MEA is not allowed. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off, you actual fucking cretins. And it's going to get worse because you know with a tournament like this, you know, that, that, that we're going to get some relatively low level of competition getting into this one because not everyone's going to be interested in running this kind of tournament. And Sandrock somehow, somewhere are going to go far because let's be real here, teams will not give a shit I'm sorry, it's actually a thing. It is legitimately a thing, right? No matter what you say about that being an excuse, it's a fucking thing, right? Teams are not going to give a shit. They are going to put their effort behind this absolute drivel of a fucking format. And then and Samrock are going to go far away. And everyone's going to go, oh, Samrock are the best team in the world. I'm like, oh, fuck me. But when the prize money is, le- and for them doing good, their prize money is less than what they're making just from a monthly salary. Do well, you expect thing, right? them to that's the thing. put that's the thing, right? in? That's the thing. The prize pool breakdown. First place on overall standings is $4,500. That's worse than the prize pool split in a spring series, for fuck's sake. You know? Like, for you can earn place. more. Mm-hmm. For first place, you can earn more by coming in. Where, where, where did fucking what was the prize pool for, for for the rival series? Hold on, let me check this real quick. Because I'm pretty uh, sure, like you can earn more. If you more. came seventh, you yeah, would have got you more. Can you would have got five. More than the first place overall standings by coming seventh place in the rival series. You know, everyone's looking at this twenty five thousand dollars, like, and it, it's clearly a headline grabber because that's the whole point of it. Why would they? Why would they say anything about first place gets four thousand five hundred dollars out of a twenty five thousand dollar prize pool? And it's like, you know, like what's going to grab more headlines, former or latter? Of course, it's going to be again, the latter. Again, that's that's the overall rankings. Don't get me wrong. For each bracket, you can get like uh, I think first place is one and a half grand, but it's like trying to add it all up. So realistically, let's just say you win two brackets, get first overall. So that's what you oh you've made seven and a half grand like yeah that's good but that's still still lower than top four in rival series yeah and again still a lot like that that's basically rlcs salary for a month like that's not really anything for these guys to worry about overall they're not going to put this main focus because they've got the main 
job to work on and that is keeping scrimming for the rlcs they're not going to be bothered about the 2v2s and 1v1s that's again why we get annoyed by it it should have just been full-on focus on the esports 3v3 and keep that at that yeah you know here's the thing if this tournament was a 3v3 only competition i wouldn't be saying nearly as much bad shit as it was i sort of brought up the incivic and conflict of interest thing but fucking hell guys like you know like what what is this like I, everyone, everyone has been singing praises around here, and it's like, guys, am I the only one who's seeing what's clearly wrong with this? Not just from a scene and political standpoint here, but how terrible this tournament is. It's listed on Wikipedia as a fucking major. This is a major. <laughs> like what? <laughs> oh my god! Like what, what? Honestly, I'm on the verge of checking the fuck out of this scene. I swear to God, like, Valorant's calling. I need to answer, man. I swear to God, this is just so so stupid. And again, like, John, why? Why? You're a community leader. Lead us. Lead us somewhere decent. What is with this shit? Anyway, that's the Fusion Tournament for Europe uh, and for North America, obviously. So there you go. Make of it as you will. Yeah, that's the news for this week. Uh, let's move on to our mailbag segment. Of course, you can contribute into the show by uh, sending us a mailbag question via the uh, Discord link that is in the show notes and video description of every single episode of the podcast. Go and follow it. Join our community, our, our ever-growing and bustling community of European esports fans in Rocket League. And, of course, join that mailbag channel where you can send us a question and chances are we'll answer it live on an episode of our Aftershock. Our first one comes in from Chewy. Uh, this is sent in the middle of the European qualifiers for last week. We also got a bit of a build-up for mailbags. Obviously, we skipped last week's episode because I had a banging headache. Um, uh, so, you know, kind of combined all that shit into this, uh, roll it into this one episode. Uh, and Chewie asked us, um, uh, not even done with qualifiers and a lot of upsets. So what are your thoughts on the open qualifier system that pros have been complaining about? Obviously, this comes in the wake of several different uh, teams and organizations um, uh, from North America and Europe especially uh, complaining about the open qualifier system. And I think the open qualifier is a necessary evil in the esports space. And the reason why I say that is because I think we need an open circuit in order or some level of open circuit, even in like a franchise and closed off system mm -hmm. to allow the growth of new players. You need to treat those new players like they could be the next big thing. So I think open qualifiers are necessary. I think that you need to sub. Uh, you know, I think you need to offset the issues with the open qualifiers and how unpredictable and volatile they can be by um, uh, by making them a part of a wider system. Like for example, if I take a look at the the CS:GO majors, for instance, like you know, you obviously have the open qualifiers that go into the closed qualifiers that go into the minors that go into the major. You know, like that. That's like four steps with the open qualifier being the very start of it, and there are like several different open qualifiers that feed into the closed and so on and so forth. And that mm. often is the way that we do things for general in Counter Strike. Um, um, uh, and, and seeing how you know how that works, obviously, is, is the main thing. I feel like uh, for, for open qualifiers in Rocket League, um, uh, and if they were to do that, then sure. I think that the Spring Series format, as a result, was very skewed because it went straight from open qualifier into top eight bracket. You know? Yeah, definitely. And you you would have liked to see a second sort of like round of things, but you you look at this and go. You, I couldn't have really seen anything happen differently for the Spring Series qualifiers just because you're talking such a small time span. It's purely looking for four spots for a single tournament. 
I, I think it's just the pros getting a little bit more upset that they've got to go through the same run as everyone else. But that's the thing. It's open. It's meant to be that way inclined because anyone can get there. If you have made it so much easier for the pros and you wouldn't have seen stuff like, you know, the clappers come on through or dare I say Veloce getting knocked straight on out right in the early days. That's on Veloce. They've got to go away and bloody realize what they're doing wrong. And the same for Oxygen, really. So it comes down like, think to just pros wanting a little bit of i don't know favoritism that's how it's feeling these days you know and in the past it feels like when you look at say the dreamhack qualifiers jay where they have their opens and then go straight into the closed and the the pro teams the top you know rlcs and some rlrs if spots are left over get that free pass into the second day. No, I, I'm all for those pros having to slog it out like the, everyone else because that's just the nature of the tournament. Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? I didn't see these complaints back during DreamHack. You remember the, uh, the DreamHack qualifiers and the way that those mm-hmm, worked mm-hmm. and they had all the big sort of like name teams coming uh, invited to the close qualifiers by default. And then yep. obviously, you know, they had the, was the top four teams from the world invited to the uh, uh, invited to the LAN event and then the, the, the respective teams below that invited to the close qualifiers with yep. the open qualifiers being specifically reserved for the uh, the bubble scene and the, uh, the lower levels. I think in that respect, it works pretty well because um, uh, uh, I, I I feel like, you know, that, that, that's sort of like, it's appropriate, you know, if you've already had like, you know, great success in X, Y, in X, Y, Z tournaments, then you deserve a little bit of a leg up in another tournament. But it depends really on how the tournament needs to be run. I feel like if you wanted to have exclusively open circuit or an exclusively open tournament, like they wanted to have with Spring Series, I think it's kind of understandable. Again, for me personally, I would have inserted another position there with a closed qualifier. Because I think those qualifiers were spread out on two days anyway. So if you just played the open qualifiers in and just took those next few teams to bring in against the likes of the, the big squads, and then you know qualified those into the final like, 18 bracket then i could see i could see that working pretty well um you know i but i, but I do also think that you know it, it is part of player entitlement and a part of the reason why you know we don't see players continue to uh, uh, uh continue to try and uh, qualify uh through like rival series because like you know you you, you look at the, uh, the the attitudes that they put on display here for the uh, for the spring series and it's like well why does anyone want to play the big 128 playing like nobody does want to play the 128 playing um uh which again, you know, I, I think that you know that they they have their flaws, but I think that open qualifiers are a necessary evil uh, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. I just think they need to be implemented a bit better in order to you know mitigate some of the issues that we have. And realistically, with like tournaments like this, I could even seen, you know, maybe different changes everywhere within the format. Let's take Spring Series instead of being top eight. Let's make it a top twelve. Um, double limb with the teams that got those spots like getting a buy in the first round to allow more teams to come on through there's so many different ways you can format tournaments and generally you're always going to get someone complaining because that's the way of the world but here for me if you were to do a day two with the RLCS teams and the RLRS teams getting a buy through it, it would destroy the tournament like the competitive integrity where it should be a case of anyone can make it on through and anyone can play you've got to really fight at your best and i mean you saw some teams that were the pro teams not fighting at the best and they paid the price 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, again, you know, with the way that obviously these open qualifiers work and how easily you can get burnt out by the end of it, I understand, mm-hmm. again, the frustrations because I think that there were some teams that kind of uh, got burnt in the lower bracket. They didn't quite make it um, as far as they really should have done. And um, I certainly believe that those uh, teams should have had a, another opportunity. Um, but, like, you know, with, uh, with the nature of open qualifiers, again, that is the belly of the beast and they are mm-hmm. a necessary evil. So, you know, I don't think we should get rid of close qualifiers well, it's uh, the uh, point i don't think they're evil i like them no for absolutely. this I, I, case I, I the rlrs like we're saying no that's wrong don't do that there but when it's a one-off tournament like this i enjoy it because it really has to make everyone play at their top and that is where the bubble scene can really come on through and cause upsets which is phenomenal for those players Absolutely, and um, uh, you know, I um, uh, I support the open qualifier system. You know, call me mm-hmm. controversial, give me shit for it, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> well, no, we're there not being controversial. We're saying there's a time and a place for everything. Ah, but that's the thing. Know, if that's a pro it. player says something, then suddenly it becomes fucking you know the the, the word of the lord. So you know, like <laughs> let's just let, let's just pretend it's controversial for the sake of increasing our clout. There you go. Thanks, Shit, for your question. That is the bottom line of it. Of course, if you do have any thoughts about the open qualifier system, and again, go ahead and join that Discord or tweet us at rlaftershock on on Twitter and let us know what your thoughts are. Jens, the man whose uh, Twitter thread's getting raided by Sandrock fans, has uh, come into the fold and asked us a, a good question, actually, about casting. We love casting questions. Of course hey. we do. Uh, we all know that Battle Royale games are terrible to cast. I mean... Uh, we'll, we'll get on to that in a second, actually. But how does Rocket League compare to other esports? What's harder to cast, Rocket League or CS:GO? And what's more fun? Um, uh, I guess this is more of a me-gamed question. But let me let me let me let me spice this up into the mix because actually, I used to cast PUBG. So you talk about how battle royale games are terrible to cast. How about I insert my two cents in and make this a three-way triple threat between Rocket League and CS:GO? Um, I mean, I can add in stuff like, you know, more sport-based ones like well, sim racing. Well, that's the thing, right? Because you do sim easily. racing. Because you, yeah. you, you do sim racing, right? And actually, to be honest, if I'm taking a look at how you cast a Battle Royale, I'm actually equating it a lot to motorsports, to be honest. Like, imagine, like, casting F1, hmm. for example. You know, like, you can't catch all the action. It's not feasibly possible to right. catch all the action in one sh- on, 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 on one stream. So, like, you've got to pick and choose your battles and try, you know, figure out which sort of storyline you're going to build into, which is the most interesting sort of, uh, uh, you know, Know, uh, battle or, or fight to watch so in that respect like it's a bit of a combination of, of uh, synergy between the casting team and the and the observation teams like you know like you can't catch everything obviously um, uh, but you know like if you have like a list of storylines and a list of sort of like you know teams to watch out for going into the cast then you and the observation team can keep your eyes on what's going to be the most interesting sort of thing it comes down to mechanics mm. as well because the observers need to know a lot more about it and for a battle royale game like yeah it's 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 not the same sort of like thing as like you know a, a team versus versus team uh, uh, style of, of, of cast. But if you do, if you treat it more like a, a sim race or a motorsport mm-hmm. style of casting, then you actually can go quite far with how well you can do in Battle Royale games. Again, it largely comes down to, with Battle Royales and sim racing, yeah, the observing of it. Uh, with Battle Royales, you've always got a map going on in the background. You can pull the API and then you can actually see where the teams are closing on into each other. So you're ready to start building that up and you that's how you're getting an eye at what's going on elsewhere. Sim racing, you're constantly Constantly got, you know, uh, the space between two drivers, the time. You know that once it's closed down to, let's say, two seconds, there's going to be an attack coming up. So you know when to cut and shift over to there. Otherwise, most of the time, which is standard practice, is just to follow, say, the leader um, because you're given time to leader. Most of the time, you're not actually, they're not doing anything interesting. 
So you, that's where your filler and that's where you have your conversation. The same with conversation in PUBG. That's when you start talking about the teams and where they've gone and that that is your filler for those games. Whereas the play-by-play takes only place when there is actual action going on. Otherwise, it is all color, isn't it? Absolutely, you know, and, uh, you know, in, in that respect, I kind of had to adapt my style a little bit because, like, especially in PUBG, like, for the first 15 to 20 minutes, there's all the setup phase for that game. So, like, you're talking a mm-hmm. lot about, again, as I mentioned, storylines and teams and their placements in the overall leagues themselves and talking about, you know, like, oh, hey, well, you know, they, they, they've got this, this opens up potential in this area of the map or, you know, right now they've got center hold. So, unless a hard shift comes in, then, you know, you're going to have, a, a, you know, a pretty decent dominion over the map, for example, or, or this, that, and the other. So, you know, you, you, you've you got a... In, in, in in battle royale like you know you've got a uh, you've got to just approach it very very differently and then there it's not actually as terrible to cast as you might actually think um mm-hmm. uh, comparing to rocket league um or how does Rocket League compare to other esports? I'd say it's relatively similar. The main difference in terms of casting between that and CSGO is pacing. Uh, because in CSGO, you have like very specific stop gaps. You know, you have action, mm-hmm. freeze time, setup, action, freeze time, setup. You know, like, it, it always goes like that in terms of the structure of each and every single round. Maybe not everything is uh, as uh, as even as you as you, as you come. Uh, maybe not everything is as um, uh, as, as even as, as 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 you would expect. Like you know, you don't always have like you know the same amount of freeze time, the same amount of setup, and the same amount of action. Sometimes the action can just be longer or you know the the freeze or the setup time could be a little bit shorter you know like that that's that's just kind of the way of how csgo works and the way that the rounds are structured but you always have that same three uh, period of time and you know you have lulls in the action where you can sort of like throw back over to your color commentator he'll do a bit of analysis and you come back in with the play-by-play um you know it, it's 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 very different uh in, in in that respect because in rocket league it's just all action so you just need to find positions where it's like okay well i don't think anything's going to happen here so i'll leave it over to bacon for him to do his uh, pickup and then when he throws back to me, this will be a chance for me to do some play-by-play and talk about, you know, what what's going mm-hmm. on uh, in the grand in, in the grand scale of the matchup um, and uh, in you know the the current attack or defense that's going on, you know. Yeah. So yeah, essentially that it's all about with Rocket League. I guess it's harder from the outset, but it's just basically knowing the pacing, knowing when to expect a goal coming yeah. up, being able to have a glance at the play that's currently going on and go, that's not going to end up in a goal. Like, that's just not going to happen. That's why with every broadcast you see, every cast that suddenly go, well, all right then, that turned in a goal because it was a massive whiff. You don't account for whiffs, you know? So <laughs> You can't account for whiffs because how no. often do they happen, you know? <laughs> you need so, a lot of game knowledge, I feel like, in order to really understand when to... Uh, 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 when to uh, throw over because if you throw over in the middle of an attack then mm. uh, that's kind of fucks it up uh, and, and it fucks up the entire um, uh, the entire play as a result mm. uh, which so is uh, I, I can definitely say when ca- casting with uh, casters that are um, newer to it and I'll be doing play by play for example and I'll throw over just when I can like naturally just because of habit I know this attack isn't going to work out even though they're in the middle attack it can throw off color casters sometimes Jay you know where you're just there going I guess that's my bad because you weren't expecting it but that's part of like what makes a flow because if a color caster can get that opportunity to cast over an attack and explain in time why that attack's not working I think that is such a great bit of insight for Rocket League 
Yeah, and um, you know that's the reason why we approach casting in the way that we do. Um, uh, mm. uh, to ask which is more difficult, um, I'd say Rocket League, just because of the, the, just that that little little bit extra that you have to account for. Uh, there's not that defined structure that you have in CS:GO. That being said, though, I mm. came from CS:GO into Rocket League casting, so the adaption for me was a little bit harder than someone who was endemic to casting Rocket League in the first place. Um, what's more fun? I mean, I just don't find I'd find them about as good as each other, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I feel like. For, for me, I feel like uh, both uh, esports bring their own valuable uh, own, own value in terms of like a casting perspective. Um, you know, like it, a lot of the time, I will go for long stretches of doing one particular game, and then I'll go into the other game and feel refreshed for it. So it breaks up the tedium, and I get burnt out a lot less. Um, you know, like very recently, obviously, I was doing a shit ton of CS:GO. Obviously, just day in and day out doing Road to Rio uh, for about two and a half weeks straight, and uh, and that, and that was great, obviously, because obviously, you know, I wasn't doing any Rocket League at the time, and I was just kind of like you know just, just grinding out CS:GO. Um, for, for a very big audience, but by the end of that, I was just—I'm so fucking tired of seeing M4s and AKs. You know, I'm just like so tired of hearing those fucking Give me sound the effects. And, yeah, no, that, that's literally what it was. And then just jumping from that into TCS, like after that was all done, it was so fucking refreshing. You know, it was such a big break mm-hmm. and such a, an opportunity just to be like, look, right, let, let, let's let's calm it down and go into something a bit more different. So, you know, in in, in case of which more which is more fun, it depends. You know, it's it's, it's all on down the game. to it's, it's not it's, the it's, it's game. All, game it's the individual series that you look at or whatever no, not even that honestly you know, like oh, even, even even our transitioning from like top tier CSGO to Swiss tier you know Rocket League like it doesn't you know the, the series itself never really mattered like yeah that hasn't a factor into it but like just based on my mood and how much of one esport I've been doing or the other you know like, it just depends um, uh, the, the worst parts for me is when I'm doing both at the same time so I'm doing like CSGO for like you know uh, Tuesday through for Tuesday Wednesday and Friday and I'm doing Rocket League on Mondays and Thursdays and it's like oh fuck here we go uh, you know that that's when the that's when the real shit gets uh, gets kicked up for me um uh, uh, so you know I, I think just like you know having a, a, a mix of the two and like you know breaking it up with the other one um uh, it is what makes them both just about as equally fun as each other um uh, and again i like using them as stop gaps to try and keep my sanity in check because it is very easy <laughs> to get burnt out down here when you're doing so much of the of the esports casting thing you know yeah and that's why like oh, i'm i'm done sim racing for fair few weeks now and i really want to get back into it but the landscape at the moment is just so odd with the coronavirus stuff going on because of course the big shit has just suddenly happened uh like sim racing has just moved right on into spotlight of everything because of course it's the easiest one to gain such a commercial market from people that aren't into esports so it's there just going oh i'm, I'm just annoyed that i couldn't get onto them like uh just got closed out by more like uh actual official real life racing uh commentators taking on over so it's an interesting area but yeah you do get burnt out from just casting one game like being able to cast multiple games is a massive help being a commentator and naturally as well it brought it broadens your availability for work which is so crucial you know, like I said, Valorant's calling me. I'm not just kidding about that. I'm, I'm not just saying that as a joke. Like, legitimately, I'm probably going to be casting Valorant at the end of the week. So, you know, <laughs> let, that, uh, let that sink in. Anyways, thank you for your question, Jens. We appreciate it as always. We've got a double header from Velixo. We'll break this down between each and every, uh, each of the two different questions for a start. I've slowly but surely been seeing uh, more and more Hyper Androras. Uh, who is he? Where did he come from? And what does he bring to the table for a team? This is definitely a you question, Bacon. So, yep. take it away. So, Jorus, uh, Jorus I always say Jerusalem. 
Bruce because that's how I look at that name. <laughs> to be fair, though, in the middle of Spring Series, they were just like, I've heard it set, cast in several different ways from Joris himself, so I'm just going to say whatever the fuck I feel like. And it's like, you know <laughs> yeah. what? I can get down yeah. with that, okay? Mm-hmm. It, well, we even know that on... Um, the Sevet Geneva player, Sefer. It's Sefer. We, being within the European scene, have made that his name. It's actually Safari. Like, no, straight up. No, 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 actually, it's the other way around, actually. His name is actually Zafer, and he said it is Zafer, but the uh, so the Swiss scene said it's Safari. <laughs> say Safari. There and we it, go. I remember he came out on stage one time at TCS finals, and then and the host uh, uh, asked him, he was like, So, how do you actually say your name? And he's like, Well, actually, it's Zafer. And I'm just like looking over at the analyst desk, like, ha, like fuck we you got all. It. <laughs> we got it right. Up yours. It's great. That's, that's it's the fantastic. only problem with like European casting, because I'll give it to the Americans. They're always, you know, they're They've got to be either edgy with something like killer in their name or it's something really bog standard and simple, you know, like let's just go Jake or, <laughs> you know, whatever. Justin, super easy. You can't get that wrong. European names are a little bit harder because multiple different languages. But anyway, uh, with Joris, he, he's been busting his ass off in the different leagues. Uh, let's just put out, you know, Superstar League and all of that. The Rising Stars come... Um, you know, it's the big example recently. Really promote himself on that on the weekly scene with, uh, say, nice cactuses and all of that. So it's finally getting to the point as well with six mans to see him getting the recognition he needs to maybe start making these pushes on through. And the interesting one here, Jay, for us anyway, was uh, going alongside another lad who's got a very similar story in Archie. Um, don't get me wrong, they got teamed up with Calix, who, you know, has already been in the RLRS, but again, Calix would have seen what they were doing there, involved heavily within six mans, and so decided a team with them. They teamed together as the Clappers. And you can see Joris is that new, exciting, up-and-coming talent. Very akin, I would say, to players like Astral, where he is very mechanically gifted and the way he makes decisions is incredible. Being able to double down when many people would just call that ball chasing, he's doing it, but for a very good reason because he knows he's going to be able to contest and fight for that instead of just keeping pressure going. If he doesn't think he's going to get it, he will back off. And he knows how good he is, like mechanically wise, because notice how often he will double down on that and get it, which is crazy when you look at that. And naturally as well, the way he controls his car by doubling down on those, he knows if he's not going to let's say win it out completely and keep on himself he knows how to position himself for the 50 50 to set up a teammate and you can see naturally he's calling that out that he wants a teammate down center maybe he's not the best communicative uh player in the world but he's able to communicate what he wants not what he wants from his teammates which is halfway there he's still got to work on the mental aspect of the game like definitely his rotations back into defense can be a little bit wonky at times but as an all-out attacker this lad is scary like i said i'll i'll liken him to astral right now and think realistically he is nearly on par he just needs a little bit more experience 
Yeah, and I think he gained a lot of invaluable experience at the uh, Spring Series as well with the mm-hmm. Clappers and their performances. Um, I still remember his uh, his first like outing on record. I think was actually uh, DreamHack Montreal in the Open qualifiers, which he didn't go very far in. Obviously, you know, just jumping that far. But um, uh, after that, he gained a lot of recognition. Like he's been in like Johnny Boy Show matches like a lot of the times before. Um, uh, you know, and uh, taking victories above the likes of Snowy, for example, and beating your boy Ahmed or you fucking Sandrock fans. You know, that was a fucking <laughs> matchup, wasn't it? Talk about how great they are. I mean, well, you're losing to this bubble scene shit. Eh? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 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 sorry, mate. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I'm just, I'm just getting myself fucking warmed up for the oncoming shit show and the oncoming absolute fucking shit thing. You're that doubling down. That's it right now. Yeah. No, I'm doubling down because I'm still waiting for it. He also beat Oakland. Oh, that's fucking great. <laughs> anyway, um, no. But Joris himself has been on a grind at the bubble scene. You know, he's been doing a lot of good stuff. Like he's competing in all the nice cactus tournaments, and in general, his repertoire was pretty uh, pretty good the only thing he's really been losing are the main sort of uh, uh, major step up sort of tournaments which I guess could be understandable but even then with his latest outing in the uh, um uh, in in the spring series like he's been grinding his way back up as much as he can you know and um, uh, with, with good performances in, in Star League and now moving into uh, the Rising Stars potentially um, uh, you know I think he's playing under uh, uh, what was the name of that team I can't pronounce uh uh Ah, fuck it. Georgia Joe? Georgia Joe, that's it. Um, uh, you know, uh, they, uh, they, um, they're they competing in, in Superstar League as far as I'm uh, aware. So we'll see what he can do in a league format, especially because that is where we'll see, uh, I think, the best of this guy come out. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so so he's got his name up on the board. It'll be interesting if anyone makes a play for him. Like, we'll be talking about that a little bit later because I could definitely see his value. The problem is it's just straight-up risk. He hasn't had that chance to play within the RORS, um, let alone RLCS. And the only thing that's got to his name right now is the uh, Spring Series. Is that just too much of a flash in the pan moment for some teams or is that enough to show that he's up to uh snuff i will say as well archie had a fantastic uh weekend and should be one that's looked at but i reckon he'll uh be more comfortable and needs a bit more time within the rival series so Juros, fantastic player and an up-and-coming one but are we like hyping him a little bit too early i will expect to see him in the rival series next season though both of them yeah, it's, a, it's an ever-growing story, I think, for Juris. So certainly keep your eyes on him as he goes on throughout the rest of the scene. Um, uh, our second question from Velixo comes in, and he talks about uh, well, how is the podcast and website named RL Aftershock? I think actually you named it, if I recall correctly, Bacon. Uh, yeah, this like so this was back at Landon. Jay, you were there, like I want to do this, I want to do a podcast, and I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm on board. Hell yeah! And yeah. it was basically after two things we were there like we want to name something that is very close to something in rocket league whilst also not being you know straight on for it it's got to be meaning and generally we're there like we were looking at names that were all based around like you know after this shit happens like breaking news rl breaking news that's a bit too generic think about and then it was something i think the aftershock because it's my favorite car from south and going forward and it works perfectly here because it's like the uh, after the shock like it works perfect 
I remember what was it? We actually we settled on something like a, like a, a rocket pole or some shit like that. And I was like, uh, this mm. is a bit, uh, it's a bit shit. But like, we haven't got anything better. And then you crop piped up saying RL aftershock, and was like, oh, that's oh, the one. That's the one. <laughs> that's it. You know, it's like one of those moments where it's like you just come up with, like, you just spitball a bunch of ideas, and someone just like spitballs something absolutely genius. You're like, holy fucking shit. You know, <laughs> that's that's basically how it went um, for us. So um, uh, yeah, that that's the story behind RL aftershock. Um, it was my idea. But Bacon was the man that came up with the uh, with the whole um, uh, name, and obviously shout out to Andy Designs who did all the designing for the logos, the assets, everything like that. Did a fantastic job in creating a brand for us. Um, uh, so you know, like you know, it, it was a team effort when it came to RL Aftershock and its inception. Um, uh, so yeah, there you go. Um, uh, that, that that that's how Aftershock got named, and uh, that's how it will uh, remain for at least a, a very long time to come. I, I hope <laughs> I don't have to rebrand. Um, uh, of course, the, the, that that day is coming Mate, soon anyway. I mean, you've got Valorant point... Aftershock coming up. It's not as catchy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. We'll have to. Uh, I'll have to. Um, uh, I think what we'll do is um, we'll, 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 we'll recolor. Uh, we'll recolor, and we'll just um, uh, uh, we'll call it Val Aftershock. V A L. Val Aftershock. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, that works. There you go. It works for me. Anyway, thank you for your question, Valixa, and thank you to everyone from the Mailbag segment for this week. Again, if you do want to get involved in the show, explanation, no, uh, we're not on Twitch, are we? Um, uh, just go to the <laughs> Discord link in the show notes and video descriptions and uh, uh, go follow that Discord link. Go ahead and join our community. Send a question in the Mailbag channel and chances are we'll answer that question live on an episode of Our Aftershock. It doesn't have to be a question either. You can suggest a talking topic and we'll even do something about that. So, you know, uh, have at it, boys. Anyway, Let's get to our tournament roundup. And of course, it has to be the spring series, the European spring series. Over the past four weeks, we've had all the major uh, tournament regions competing uh, for their chances at victory and glory. We had, I believe it was South America first and North America, then OCE. And now Mm -hmm. here to end off with Europe in the final week of things. And appropriate so, because Europe is the best region, as we all know, of course. Um, uh, So... Before we get onto that talking topic, I did want to address some general points about the Spring Series because honestly, of all the majors that we've ever had and all the Premier Tournaments that we've ever had, this has to be one of the worst quality ones I think I've ever seen. Um, just on 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 like you know a logistical side of things, right? Like you know for the for the teams and the and the, mm-hmm. and the tournaments, we'll talk about that in a moment here. Um, uh, but for like the broadcast. I've never seen a major tournament have as many broadcast mistakes as the Spring Series did, Bacon. And it's so, like, I'm, I'm looking yeah. at fucking mistaked flags, players on wrong teams, players missing their thirds in graphical assets, assets queued in the middle of fucking matches. There was a great clip where someone just queued in the on-call live graphic and it just slid over the game, just randomly in the middle of the fucking thing. How, how do you make that mistake, you know? Like, you know, this... I, I went to school for studying broadcast and I specialize specifically in audio, but I also understand how production works from a video standpoint and a technical standpoint as well. So I'm thinking to myself, like someone has been asleep at the fucking vision mixer for this entire thing. Like how did this broadcast become so fucking shit from a technical standpoint here? And it, and it's DreamHack running the production here. Like that bewilders me for what's going on there for them like then there's also the aspects on top like video cam quality was all over the fucking shop with everything going on like you could see uh, definitely with the like free uh on the analyst desks like everyone having different cam qualities was really really jarring and there was just no uniformity there like you said even assets like uh names and like 
basically labels going over um, their borders, meaning that they weren't cropped or fit to a certain area. So just set up incorrectly, like you said, flags being wrong. Um, my favorite one was what? Uh, Virtuoso having the flag for Ivory Coast instead of Ireland, which was just there like, okay, I can see where you've got that wrong, but it's not hard to just Google the flag of Ireland. Where, where have I you mean, got this flag from? It's like super weird. I mean, weird. here's the thing, right? Here's the thing, right? Because if, you, if you're ever going to get gen- generic images, then like you must have like a generic sort of image or thing with like, you know, just like just Google searching Irish flag and save that as the Irish flag underscore PNG or something like that. And it's like, you know, there you go. Like, they didn't just link it up in the graphic asset on the, on, 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 mm. on, on the, um, uh, I think it's Bitfocus. No, that's the that's the um, uh, the thing to link Stream Decks to to Vision Matrix. Anyway, you link it up in your graphics software, and it's easy as that. Like you, know, you don't have to go. I don't know how you fucked that up. You know, like, um, like I only can think of someone thought this would be a funny joke as like a little Easter egg to put on in. But with so many mistakes within the broadcast, it just looks like another mistake. Here's the thing. If that was the only mistake, then everyone would have been like, wait, what the fuck? And then that would have just been the end of it, right? But the fact that you had that and all the other issues that we had, and it's like, with with cam quality, you can give a bit of forgiveness because obviously you're working with other setups that aren't fully inside your controller, uh, controller, control, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that you haven't got all that uh, all, 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 all that and everything. Um, uh, uh, but, you know, like certain things like audio, I think, have, did, did really well. And, and for DreamHack to do audio well is not surprising to me at all. They have some of the best audio production in uh, in all of esports for my liking. And obviously that, mm-hmm. that, that tickles my fancy quite significantly um uh but you know just everything else just didn't really go as well as they would have wanted it to like again casters missed cues uh you know all the graphic the graphics in particular is what really ticked everybody off because it was so prominent and visually obvious that someone had fucked it up and it's like what like you know i, I again i don't understand how they made mm. a, a massive mess of this and i know i understand oh. that it was a dream hack white label project but like i don't know how I, I, I just still don't understand how this all fucking fell to pieces because DreamHack did some amazing tournaments in the last uh, uh, in in the mm-hmm. last um, uh, year, and it's like you know I'm I'm I, I don't know who to blame here because it feels so fucking jarring right here to just to see all this shit go wrong. Yeah, and if you'd watched the French broadcaster all there, Jay, and some of the quality on the feeds they were getting through because they were having to, it seemed, just pull this off of like YouTube and that, and the quality was just not up to snuff, and they would have to go and just screen cap like Twitch sometimes. Like it, it was not good for them as well. So it's just across the board quality being abysmal for them, which is like we said, when it's your main product, you're hiring on in DreamHack to do it for you. How is this coming about? We have no clue. I mean, like the only thing that can be comparable is the fucking Renegade Cup Finals. Okay, like that, that that's <laughs> let that set the pace for exactly how terrible this production was. And even on an admin side of things, things also went wrong. So it's like even more comparisons to the Renegade Cup because the admining was shit there. But what was with the application of the rules here? Now I'm going to bring up the Canyons thing when they took yep. on Dignitas. I think it was Game Two. Tox had some disconnection in v, and uh, uh, he, he claims it was uh, it was DDoSing issues. I don't know how true that is. But basically, the bottom line is that he stopped and um, uh, uh, and they didn't pause the game, even though in RLCS rule sets it would have been you know uh, it, that that would have been a pause call um, mm-hmm. uh, and the. Uh, um, and the opportunity uh, and 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 the, and the play would have stopped, and then they would have uh, reset it back to a point where they would have had the um uh, where, where they would have uh, you know been able to get uh, talks back into the game. And it started at the, like the very like you know 
Uh, I can't remember what the specifics around it was, but basically that's the way it would have done in RSCS. But for this tournament, it feels like somebody changed the rules. I'm not sure whether that's a DreamHack thing or a Psionics thing, but basically they were saying we can't pause the game until Tox leaves the server. And it's like, well, that's not always technically possible, guys. Like, mm. If we just did it like that, then we would have... We, we would have some fucking really, really shit situations happen, like what happened with Tox, which may or may not have cost them that series against Dignitas. Yeah, and he, we talked about this a few weeks, but, you know, about the whole spirit of the rules sort of thing. In those sort of cases, like, why, why not? Like, it's been running for so long. If a player shouts out that he's got a problem and it's still very early on into the game, just 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 stop it you've got the capabilities it feels really just all over the shop of just i don't know bad management yeah and it's like you know it's not like this is just a one week thing where this happened in this one week alone like my understanding is that all the other uh tournaments uh all the other spring series tournaments that we had before like all those also had massive massive issues um uh, and some of them were very similar to the shit that we had um uh, uh the shit we've had here on the European uh, in the European Spring Series I'm just like you know you've had all this time to correct these issues and you've not been able to correct them like guys that's not fucking good that's really really not good you know like it's not like you've been working flat out for four weeks you've been working for two days a week for four weeks you've had Monday through Friday to figure out what the fuck is going on and fix it and it's like you know I'm again I'm I've been through production I've realized how hard it can be but that is plenty of time to fix technical issues like it's so much um, uh, 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 even after the fact of the broadcast you know you've got so much time for feedback and everything like that and on the admin side of things as well to clarify and clear some things up with science if Sonics did bring the ban hammer down on the admins and said, "Look, you can't do that because of this," then absolutely the uh, the, the responsibility and the uh, and the criticism falls on Sonics. But you know, like whoever's whoever made it as bad as it was, mm. like guys, that that's this is just not on. You know, this is this is the rock. This is a Rocket League major. This is the biggest thing that we've had after the after the after the championship series, and it's probably the biggest thing that we have for a little bit of a while to come. You know, yeah, and then Fusion there's not also- applying. Yeah, and then there's also the facts of, say, following the rules for lateness to check-ins for the qualifiers. Like, I know just straight off, mate, uh, Ryan, uh, were 30 seconds late to their game and weren't allowed to play their match because they checked in 30 seconds late. That Don't was get me cleared wrong. up. That was cleared up, I believe, um, uh, with specifics on how those uh, on, on how that was played out, if I recall correctly. There was actually, uh, I think CJ came out and uh, talked about, you know, the specifics of how timestamps work on Smash. So they mm-hmm. couldn't really um uh, so it depends really on how um uh, so it depends really on how like you know when tickets are raised and so on and so forth yeah and it just comes down to but then some teams like being late by a few minutes and then still being allowed to play it just feels like very much there's not team, but that just comes down to different moderators having different leniencies themselves instead of them across the board this is what happens in all case scenarios you know yeah, and um, um, I think as a result, that Spring Series becomes the worst major ever <laughs> to be broadcast, <laughs> and um, uh, that's saying something, man. Like you know, that that is uh, that is we, we set a pretty high bar when it comes to Rocket League tournaments, and unfortunately, they just yeah, we're not counting Renegade Cups as a major. Is that just a minor? Then? I think it was. It's officially is a minor. Actually, hold on, let me let me find out. Double check that because I this is definitely not as bad as uh, fucking and Northern Arena. 
Oh no, this is this is oh no, this is this is a, this is a major. Okay, no, okay, so not quite the worst major in the in in, in the Rocket League esports space. Renegade it, it Cup definitely disappoints. It. it had an attempt. Well, like, so it can was we like, talk about like since we're talking about a broadcast and that the graphics package was really jarring anyway. I love the whole blue and pink theme, but like how they actually displayed the brackets, like being at right angles to everything, you know. Uh, obtuse and that it, it was really jarring on the eyes and super just annoying uh, i think it's a bit of a niche thing because i kind of i didn't really bother wasn't bothered too much by it so i wasn't like super duper like oh you know it's it's, it's bad and it wasn't i didn't feel like that at all so i was just kind of like okay well it's it, just it, a bad it, styling choice that's it really. i guess for some people I, I can see where that comes from but for me i wasn't too bothered about it so you know let that be what it is um uh, but yeah no just some things i wanted to address about the tournament because we need to address these things going forward because we can't afford to put anything but our best foot forward like understand this was broadcast on the bbc right the ESPN. british broadcasting company espn as well B- bbc is the only channel channel that every single person can access assuming you pay a tv license okay it's on cable it's on freeview it's on fucking the it's on the fucking internet okay it's the only tv station that is accessible to the majority uh, to to the, to everybody that has a tv in the uk so like it's the biggest audience you can get in front of when it comes to british tv and to have that shit be you know um you know uh, be a fucking uh you know be, you know be prominent and have all these issues just you know, crop up it's like you know that that's not that's not kosher <laughs> you know that, that's, that's not, not fine. even let's not even include the fact that a lot of what the bbc does sets the tone for the whole world like you when you look at iPlayers and such like that jay that was a technology implemented by the bbc first and then given on out to everyone else they sort of set the tone for that so when it comes to esports and finally getting it staged there you want that to go well because that could set the tone and precedent going forward Absolutely. And I don't think this set a precedent that we can be proud of. And I wouldn't be surprised if the BBC didn't want to touch esports again for another little bit of time. Not that I'm too fussed about it, because the BBC, when it comes to their own representation of gaming, is a fucking shambles. Um, uh, but, you know, that, that's a conversation for another day. Anyways. So, yeah, that's like just the general talking points about the broadcast quality and the admitting, because, like, you know, it has to be addressed if we're going to be talking about this stuff um, uh, in general. Uh, so we can all add those caveats and moving on to our, you know, our, our conversations of, of uh, you know, storylines and other things that are going on in terms of performances, um, because there was a lot to cover. And we'll start with the qualifiers here, because as you mentioned at the top of the show, there were some teams that didn't quite make it all the way mm-hmm. through. And I'm going to start in this case with Oxygen. Obviously, we talked about them and we had to uh, uh, make a mention to those guys and how well they did because uh, they did not do well. They really did not do well. Um, uh, Now, first of all, falling to Magnifico in the upper bracket. I can see where this would um, uh, where where this could be understandable. But Magnifico, even though they are, you know, a great rising bubble scene team, they are still a bubble scene team. Okay. And uh, they didn't even make it into the final top eight, where position which I think Oxygen should have been able to make pretty easily. And they fell to them by trying to set up a reverse sweep in, uh, uh, in was it, I think the round of 16 um, in the upper bracket. Mm-hmm. The fact they were even on match point against Magnifico 2-0 down at a point, that's fucking insane. Like, what the hell happened to Oxygen here? Well, can we even talk about uh, Oxygen only just scraping on past Gemini? Gemini being Seab, Friss, and Didris. Now... Again, that is a team I don't rate like anywhere near Magnifico, but 
that is way too close for comfort. Like I said, just scraping it. You're looking at, you know, mainly one or two goal games there. And dropping to Magnifico, big yikes. Magnifico had a decent time. We'll get on to him later. But yeah, then you see where auction went on later. Frio against Savet Geneva. Again, largely like... 2-0-2-1-3-1. So that Geneva are changing things up. They're trying to figure out a new team. They had a new player for this tournament with maybe. So I can see that there. They finally redeemed themselves as well, I guess, with uh, a 3-0 against Gels, 2-1-2-1-2-1. But then the drop to AS Monaco, where AS Monaco seems a lot more convincing. You look at that and just go, what is going on with auction right now? Like, this is a team that has really dropping off towards the end of uh, league play, Jay. And it just seems to continuously drop here when you're going up against teams that aren't RLCS teams at all. They're, you know, bubble teams and, like, higher ROS teams. Like, it's just not on for this side that wants to stay together but everyone's going shouting them and going no you can't you, this something has to be changed up now otherwise you're just going to keep on sinking and and here's the thing right like when it comes down to um uh, uh when it when it comes down to oxygen and where they stand like you know, just to add extra context like this is a team that won one of the dream hack pro circuit events get win grand finals at summit and during the summer of last year they were considered the best team in the world at one point you know let's like, say what, what's mm-hmm. happened to this team to have gone so far down the fucking shitter at this point because they are in a massive slump i don't even think they've made anybody's top 10 rankings i know they didn't make yours for rlaftershock.com nope. um uh, so you know they 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 have really just fallen down and, and, and in this case as well like just what happened, you know, because like there are some good results in this one. And again, fair enough that they've managed to beat girls in a three zero fashion, but let's be real. Girls was a team of a player that's now completely retired. Um, uh, and also thrown together from just the last second scraps of whoever didn't get a squad, uh, in the, uh, in, in, in the open qualifiers. And these guys, you know, probably treated it like a weekly. It wouldn't surprise me too much in that respect. You know, I don't think the girls results are particularly valuable when it comes to measuring a, a, a team. And for oxygen, yeah. yeah, they took that victory, and of course they were able to beat several teams in the lower, in the last parts of the open qualifier. Obviously, that victory against Gemini is fucking just really, really bad, all things considered. Because like you know, all the way down to game five against that team, and all the way down to game five against Magnifico on a reverse sweep scenario, like what has happened to this team man like what the like where where has all the talent and coordination and the potential that we saw in this side gone because remember back when PSG were like yeah this team is great there's nothing we can change uh, that, that will make them better they just have to work on their confidence so it's mm. like now it's something deeper than that it's something much deeper than just confidence here yeah, because, well, I'll, I'll say it, it's a two-factor. Ferran not being able to form like he wants to, and, like, he just does, he seems, quite frankly, I'm going to say washed, but, you know, not up to snuff. He's not being able to pop off he wants. And a follow-on effect from that is Chorset is not able to play because he's not getting set up correctly. Fruity is doing okay, but he's more of like a fielder gap for the team. And basically everything has fallen apart from this side. Going forward, it's going to be super interesting because Oxygen have just picked up all three players. I doubt they're going to drop one of them so soon. You know, when you just pick them up, there's probably a buyout clause or whatever in their contracts. I I don't see them dropping a player that quickly unless there is some sort of like extreme circumstance. And that scares me because I think if they continue like this, going to next RLCS, 
they're going to be a bottom team and drop out. And I mean, we've we've said it before. You go into ROLS and for a lot of RLCS teams, that is you being put out to, you know, dry. That's it. You're done because to get back is so hard. And that scares me when you've got possibly some of the greatest players in the world. Like Fruity, I think, is a phenomenal middleman, like solid anchor for any team. Chorset is one of the best strikers in the world. He just has not had that capability to shine. And it's scary right now because, like, again, back last summer, when we saw Farrah popping off, he was such a big, boisterous player on the pitch. But we've not seen him at all in that same light recently. And it's a big problem for this entire team because they they revolve on everyone being at the top of their game. As soon as one drops, they all drop. And I'm glad you mentioned Farrow individually as well, because I think if there's one player that's on the chopping block for a roster move, it would be him. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, and as you say. That's been the case for a year. Yeah, Everyone's been saying it. They proved everyone wrong last summer, and everyone's like, yes, he's back, great. And everyone was super happy about it. But as soon as he drops back in, you can see, yeah, he's, the sa- he's still the same problem. And it's like, you know, with the way that he's like, you know, contested in this flash in the pan performance in, this, in the last year, it feels like it's just kind of fallen off the edge of a cliff for him. And for Oxygen, obviously, it's holding them back big time. Um, uh, as you've mentioned, I don't know if they actually want to be willing to make a roster move because I mean, they just picked up this entire team on the Oxygen uh, organization. Um, and I just, you know, I, I just don't know where you go from here if you're Oxygen. Uh, you know, I don't know how you approach this. I don't know how you how you improve on this because there was an there was a case where it was mentality. Now it's just not being good at the moment, and it's it's not easy to fix that without making roster moves or without you know doing something massively justifiably fucking um uh, you know like you know impactful and, and shaking to the uh, to, to to the actual team and, and its infrastructure, mm. but. Alas, that is the oxygen team, and uh, a lot of doubts going into the next season of the uh, of the championship series as well for these guys. As you mentioned, they could well be on the verge of relegation, uh, and for oxygen to just pick up this team for their next season and get relegated—that's not a good look. Uh, let's put it that way. Singularity, another team that disappointed. Um, I wanted to talk about this dark, these guys because I think given the fact that Mognus has moved away, I think that they can agree with me in what I said in last week's uh, episode, uh, not last week, two weeks ago's episode, that Mognus to this team was a bad idea and it really, really showed. Singularity, sure, they got some good results. They beat out the Los Hombres squad, which is Natchitao's new team. Um, uh, they beat AS Monaco in a 3-0 fashion, but then they got clapped by the clappers and then got shit on by bds in the lower bracket like singularity made the wrong move here like they they, it's very Mm -hmm. clear to me that they made the 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 wrong choice here yeah like we said mognus at best would be a side grade and this looks like they maybe took one step back it weren't a massive dropping off like they still put on a decent performance but i'm the the best performance for them, yeah, was against AS Monaco. And you sh- you saw their weakness against BDS, and BDS were a weird team all weekend long. So for me, Singularity had an easy start to their run, but that cannot be like said anything otherwise like effectors in los hombres were not massively strong team like when you look at los hombres there like well effectors primary force here in a rise they're just a bubble french team that's all it is the mensa national care monster that's a strong side but again that i would think would just be you know trying to pip it into the rlrs at that level with that combination right there so 
when you're already a secure RLCS team, making that move, Mognus was not the right choice at all. And it'll be interesting to see where they go further. Like, who are they going to pick up instead? Like, we all were looking at that and going, right, you've got both Nolly and Low. Do you want to double down and have, you know, a trifecta team with everyone being able to play everywhere? That, I think, was the idea of Mognus. Or do they want to go for a more aggressive player or a more defensive player? They've got to make their decision now because they're going to need the time from this offseason. You can already start to see moves are starting to be made and there is going to be a crazy offseason of transfer moves now. So by getting rid of Mognus, I think they've just given themselves a second chance to pick up a even better player with what is being rumored from the other teams and RLCS. Yeah, and you know, with the um, uh, uh, you know, uh, with, with the singularity side being where they are at right now, I don't think they can go back to Godsmiller. Uh, I think they've already nope. that ship has pretty much sailed at this point. Well, it's the the bridge is burnt, but you don't want to go wading through the water back to get him. Like yeah. as much as like, I feel bad for Gods, way. but if let's, I was him, I wouldn't want to be playing. You know, this team is just going to be done straight on out. Well, that, that's the thing, right? You know, you you you, you look at it's the complexity you know, effect. Yeah, that's it, exactly what I was going to say, the complexity effect. You know, we talked about that, I think, a couple of weeks ago in the show and we mentioned that how, you know, hey, they've kicked God's Miller and now this is going, if they do decide to bring him back, then it's just not going to work out as well as they would have wanted it to. They're going to try and recreate magic that has already disappeared because of the fact that you decided, hey, let's go ahead and drop this guy. And that is probably going to be, I mean, Singularity, they've still got potential in, in, and I've still got some faith in what they could do. Um, you know, though and Nolly are still really, really good players, but they just have to find that third. And again, I don't think that the that getting rid of their captain for all intents and purposes was the right move to make away. So yeah, I don't know. It feels like this team's lost its vision, it's lost its composure, and, and it's kind of just feeling lost in general at the moment. I, I don't know how where they go from here. I don't know how they approach themselves. Um, because this was a disappointing result, you know. And again, I don't want to go too harsh with these guys because they just promoted to the championship series, they just maintained their spot this past gone season. And um, you know, now they're already looking like they might just fall behind the likes of uh of, uh, of endpoint and obviously considering how well they did compared to endpoint that's not a very good uh, sign for them but yeah singularity disappointing i did want to talk about veloce and i was going to imply that they disappointed but to be honest taking a look at the results i don't know if they just got really unlucky to be honest in this bracket like they just did not have a good fucking time at all you know they took it on the uh they, they went up at, there's evidence to both sides because they went up against shaky and then they lost to them and then they took on Savet Geneva, who have a new third in Mavie, and they've been having some good performances in their respective scenes, and they lost to them as well in the lower right, bracket. Right, Savet Geneva got freeowed by Oxygen. You can't give that away. <laughs> like, for Veloce to get free ones, I'm sorry, no. And you look at the lads of Shaky. Um, what was that? That was... Uh, Cynical Hakeem and Ole. Oh, thank you. So Cynical Hakeem, a good. Ole's just coming on through. And from what we've seen, he's a good player. But it's still, they're like a team that might be, by the time we get around to the RLRS players, a team that could pip that on in. But right off now, that's a team that, you know, it's more pre pre 
uh, perspective talent with lots of mechanical skill, that is something which Veloce have never had a problem with. You know, they've never had a problem with more aggressive uh, teams. They've been able to shut that down with solid defense and then being able to work up themselves with Freaky getting on the attack himself to really make the defense dysfunctional. If anything, Veloce, that sort of play style should have been right easy for them to take on because they've been able to knock out the last man in defense when you've got a team that's very mechanical, they go very heavy into the attacks, they would have had no one in defense and easy up and overs. Veloce had a shit day and we don't know whether this is going to be something that continues onwards or if it's just an off day for them and that is weird. Well, to go back to what we were saying in the in the championship series, one of the main storylines that we were building in was the idea that Veloce skate by on teams that are off form. And, you know, like I just wanted to ask about whether or not you thought that these teams were on form, the ones that they, that beat down uh, the Veloce side. And obviously, Shaky is the very difficult fucking uh, team to sort of weigh up because mm. they are relatively new guys. But for Sevech and Eve, obviously, we know a lot about these guys. And um, I, want, I don't know if you got the chance to see them in the Oxygen match. I don't know if you got the chance to see them in the Veloce match or any of the other games that they uh, took on uh, over the course of the bracket but i wanted to ask you know are they um you know were they in a good formation to to beat veloce or was it just veloce just not living up to the expectations that were set for them definitely veloce not living up because you look at what shaky uh did afterwards it isn't anything massively to write home about the same with uh Svet geneva shaky by the way were able to go on take down alfrey f and then they lost to the stormtroopers so a respectful run but nothing incredible nothing to really uh write home about um considering that the stormtroopers i'm just trying to bring them up on the screen pilot dead monster apparently jack i like that side but we'll have to see how it really goes for me that is just a top of the bubble tier sort of uh team nothing massively incredible and when you look at alfrey f matt's great kieran and mads it's okay it's just bottom of the bubble it's not really anything crazy right there. So, yeah, like, for me, it just looks like Veloce absolutely shut the bed. We're not ready for this at all. And... <sighs> I mean, there is also that element, that angle to, to approach, obviously, the fact that, you know, you don't know what teams you'll be up against in the open qualifiers. And I guess it's part of the reason why a lot of teams are frustrated about it. Um, but, but that's again, the same that's, for everyone. All the bubble yeah, teams are well, in the same boat. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Ne ne necessary evil. Um, uh, you know, uh, well, I mean, for bubble teams, obviously, the, you know, they don't have to... Well, the bubble teams technically are favoured because of the fact that they have the preparation time to uh, figure out how to um, how to beat a team like a Veloce, for example. So you know, like in, in in that respect, they've got a lot of uh, a lot of materials to work from when it comes to checking out RCS matches and so on and so mm -hmm. forth. Um, versus, you know, Veloce don't really have much to uh, to, uh, to to work with because, like, you know, there are no vods from Shaky as far as I can remember. And Svet Geneva, are, uh, well, I mean, you know, they they've got you know Swiss scene vods from TCS and SCSL, um, uh, which you could technically use but they're not quite the same sort of caliber as uh, the the level that veloce are playing at so i don't know how how useful that could be um so and the only last thing i can say for veloce is that we know of the health issues that freaky are having and it just comes down to that one like if if it really had hurt them enough they've been bringing in mystic as a sub you know for these qualifiers so freaky's got health issues yeah, he's got problems uh, like uh, with the muscles in his face. Currently going now, so oh, okay. There, there was a really think... bad taste joke. I, I can't remember by what bubble scene player or whatever uh, that said. Like, how do they communicate then uh, if he can't talk? But I don't know how to what extent that goes in that thing. But we're just saying, like, 
all I'm saying, if it was super bad, like, and they he wasn't able to play, they would have got in a sub or Mystic to play just for this tournament instead whilst he, you know, heals and gets better. But for me, it just looks like just a super bad day at the office. But when Veloce are one of the most consistent teams in Rocket League, this to me stems a different issue. I, okay, in that case, like I can give a little bit of leeway because I don't know what mm. the extent of these actual, uh, uh, you know, health issues are. If Freaky has got something wrong with him, then that might uh, that might affect things in a way that might not uh, that that might throw things off. I mean, like, any sort of illness really fucks you up. Like you know, it doesn't matter whether or not you're hungover, you've got a pain in your hand, or you know, you've got a pain in your leg. Like I, I've played mm. with the I, I played with a broken leg in the past when I was on the uh, when I was on an amateur team, and um, uh, mate, that's not fucking fun. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> even though the leg does not have anything to do with it. Like the pain and the uh, and the, uh, the 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 morphine I was on to try and get me off that fucking um, uh, off that pain is 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 really bad and it really fucks you up in a way you wouldn't expect. So okay, I can give a little bit of leeway and I can give a little bit of forgiveness to Veloce in that respect. But um, uh, you know, it definitely a one-off thing uh, can, uh, uh, for, for this team. Um, other teams to know uh, I did want to talk about Triple Trouble obviously um, uh, uh, because I did want to see how well they would have done um, uh, but taking a look at the actual bracket and where they came I think they fell out in day fucking one um, of the uh, 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 of the bracket because I can't see them at all on this uh, on, on this uh, Liquipedia no, page they, they they dropped super fucking early. See, that's um, the thing. Right? They've dropped so early that I can't even find them, right? So, like, I don't... I'm, I'm scanning through this. I can't seem to find it. Like, what... Did, did, w- w- tell me some details about this Triple Trouble side. What the fuck happened? I, I don't want to talk about them. They're already dead, James. Like, <laughs> it wasn't good. We already we know have the to, problems. But we have to weigh out whether or not, whether or not, EXO was a good call for them. Or, there or is whether... pain right now, okay? That's that's what you're putting me through. <laughs> um, yeah, it just weren't good. Nah. Uh, EXO didn't work with them. I'm currently trying to fucking find them on the bracket, like you said. Um, but, yeah, it's just nah. It just did not work. Yeah, why can't I fucking find them on the bracket? I mean, they're listed on the team list. Yeah. I fucking saw them there. Because I saw them on Smash drop into... um, I was going to say Savet Geneva. Jesus, it went... (laughs) Well, um, look, let that let that set the pace for what we think of the triple trouble side and how well they did in this uh, tournament. Because, like you know, I I, I think that honestly, compared to, uh, given what you uh, uh, given what you said, um, uh, uh, and uh, what you mentioned about the way that the you know Bluey approaches things and how he um uh, and 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 how he does uh, uh you know how how he does uh, things on the on his own right, then you know I I can see I can see where Ixo would have fallen down, um, and I think that may have thrown things off for a moment uh, for the uh, uh, I think it would have thrown things off for them in their own right. I'm trying to find them out on the fucking Smash page, but I can't seem to see them. I, I don't actually think they made it through. I don't even think they made it on the um, uh, on, on today two. They did make it to day two, but why are they not there? <laughs> like this is really, really weird. I no, they I'm went looking, in I'm looking, I'm looking at the, bracket. I'm looking at the day one pools, and I'm not seeing triple troubled in the top four of any of the pools. Nah, I don't, I don't think they made it to day two, mate. Well, like, okay. <laughs> just goes to how much fucking research we do. <laughs> um, right, yeah, I triple trouble. Clearly, I think EXO was not the right call, I guess you could say, then in that respect. But uh, are there any other teams that you wanted to note about uh, before we move into the main bracket? Uh, no, not that I can think of. I'm 
currently double checking, but no. I mean, you you've got the likes of Solari dropping to AS Monaco, but I I'd allow that, you know, in that case. Uh they dropped to Clappers, Clappers were fucking on form. So you you allow them for those uh cases there. Otherwise yeah, we already talked about the girls just not gonna work. They're that wasn't the right choice then. They're just picking up a scrap. So I think we move on to the main tournament, Jay. Yes, let's do that and just spare ourselves the embarrassment of trying to look up where the fuck Triple Trouble came in the actual bracket. But uh, obviously, you know, there was the main tournament bracket. Uh, of course, the top eight teams of which they had the four invitees from the RLCS, Vitality, Dignitas, Mouse Sports, and SC Barcelona, taking on the qualified teams, the Clappers, Endpoint Canyons, also known as XRCD, and Team BDS, with your standings looking as is follows. In the bracket, in the quarterfinals, we saw Canyons and Endpoint beat Dignitas and Barcelona to take each other on the first semis and then Renault Vitality beating BDS to take on Mouseports who clap the clappers over in the upper bracket then Endpoint beat Canyons and Vitality beat Mouseports to go into those winners finals where Endpoint fell to Renault Vitality in a 4-1 series to claim the series advantage over in the grand finals in the lower bracket Dignitas eliminated FC Barcelona BDS got eliminated first by the clappers then Dig and Canyons eliminated uh, the likes of Mouseports and the clappers in the following round of those bracket they took each other on with Dignitas getting revenge for that earlier quarterfinal bout, taking on Endpoint and beating them at 4-2, to two, and then getting swept by Renault Vitality in the Grand Finals. Union of Spring Series champions are indeed Renault Vitality. Let's start with FC Barcelona. <laughs> you want to talk about disappointing teams, Bacon? This is fucking one of them. Oh my I, God. I, I found triple trouble, by the way. Oh, did you? They did make it to day two. They lost to two BIM, one head. That is Rexo <laughs> Creamy and Rob Kieran. Oh, God. Fucking hell, triple trouble. That's not a good look. Nope. Anyway. First round. Back to by FC the way. Barcelona. Let's go back to FC Barcelona because we talked a lot about this team and we're like, okay, they're now the most exciting thing. They're the most exciting team in the uh, in 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 Rocket League right now because of the way that they held themselves in the mid part of the season, how they have this ridiculous team formation <laughs> that plays so well off of you know having the defense, midfield, and attack all playing so coordinated together, and they had this great basis to work off. We were saying, look, if they build into it here, they're going to be able to go pretty far in this bracket. Mm-hmm. They did not do that. In fact, they threw any semblance of a fucking team away and then just got absolutely rinsed bacon. They got rinsed by Endpoint and rinsed by Dignitas and fair play is Dignitas, fair play is the third place team in, in Endpoint. But fucking hell, those matches were some of the worst I have seen in FC Barcelona history. And I mean, ever. Like there was a point in DreamHack where we were sitting back at the back of the auditorium. I was there with Fruity and we were saying, look, FC Barcelona need to play as a team. And that's something he said. He was like, look, I, I think FC, FCB needs to play as a team or still going to get clapped by this, uh, by this uh, fucking no-name shit squad in, on the DreamHack uh, stage. And that's exactly what happened. They got absolutely so, clapped. And I'm thinking like, this performance was even worse than that performance against a no-name team. And it's like, FCB, what the fuck happened? What the actual fuck happened? So, a, a a couple weeks back, two weeks back, Jay, I put my top 10 teams in the world up on the RL Offshot website. Number nine was Barcelona. And the first line is, I can already feel the daggers because I put them so low. Oh boy, I would want to put them even lower right now because that team, yeah, was just absolutely diabolical in the words of Danny Boy. Like, they, again... 
not playing together as an entire team at all. Flakes looked like he had fucking zoned on out before even turning up to the game, let alone, you know, tuning on in. This team just did not give a shit. Now, wh- why? Is this team just done? They they know they're making a roster move and they just can't announce it yet. What is the reasoning here? There's something clearly going wrong in that Barcelona camp. And for them to just completely, like, you know, peace out from the get-go, there are so many questions. And the fact that hurts me most is this team, after having the shittiest performance I've ever seen, not getting a single game, being able to get a total of four goals across both series and the team still walks away with $13,000. They didn't even have to qualify. That pisses me off something rotten. Oh, absolutely. And this is... So after they increased the prize pool for the top four teams of regionals and then allowed those four teams to come over here, no, they shouldn't have increased the prize pool of regionals. They should have put that money into this tournament because like just on a completely different note the prize pool money breakdown is completely ridiculous anyway 23 well, we covered that in the announcement yeah. didn't we so i don't understand that at all but here barcelona is just basically turn up and i i i mean they were moving about the pitch but i think it was just merely so that they didn't get dc'd you know at all there was no point to this team and they did not talk to each other i wouldn't be in, i wouldn't you know be surprised if flakes was i don't know watching anime or something in the background because he wasn't even paying attention to this you know he's got way too much (sighs) this is such a shit problem going on and the worst thing about it is with regionals where they really stood up and you're like this team can be as good as you know the players that's in it and They've just got to get over themselves. This is like, a bunch well, of this. This is just a bunch of children with that are good at a game, but they don't know how to work together. And Barcelona, they've got to do something on a management level. But as we've already said, with eSportia, they don't really care about that. They're just more about giving this as an opportunity for Barcelona to rep themselves in the eSports. I don't know what is going on here. And my only problem is that because the players are so good, if they were given a crunch time, they could stay in RLCS. But that spot would be deserved by other teams. And I agree. I, I I think that that spot was well deserved by other teams, to be honest. Like, you know, usually I'd be laughing at how you'd criticize a player because I know that you're like the goody, the, the good guy out of the two of us here. But like, there's nothing funny about this. Nothing funny about this performance whatsoever. They scored four goals in the entire fucking tournament. Four goals. That is shocking. Absolutely shocking for a team of absolute stars who need to be showing up performances. Like Devo's a world champion. Ronicky and Flakes are certainly world championship worthy. And this team on paper should be able to do some magical stuff. But since the outset, from the savage days, the project and the idea and the theorem behind just putting three strikers together and hoping for the best has not worked. And it hasn't worked for a very fucking long time. The final semblance of when they feel like they actually had something that worked when Devo became a bit more defensive and Flakes and Ronicky did their own little team link up when that came to fruition I genuinely thought okay finally this is the peak this is the moment right here FC Barcelona should be able to do something in spring series but 
they just fucked about. Like, it just looks mm-hmm. so, so terrible. And again, to mention what you brought up earlier, $13,000 for the last place teams. It's like, that could have easily take that away and give it back to Dignitas and Rene Vitale. Yeah, and point and carry in fact, in that top four position because FC Barcelona weren't fucking deserving of that. They absolutely weren't fucking no. deserving of that. That's the reason why and that prize pool split pissed me off back in the day because this is fucking stupid. So stupid. How the hell were FC Barcelona rewarded for being absolute fucking shit in this tournament? And the thing that annoys me right now, a lot of people would be there like, oh, but their games were against Endpoint and Barcelona. You know, they weren't the bubble teams. They weren't the RLRS teams coming on through. That don't matter. If anything, that's better for Barcelona because they should be able to know how those guys are going to play. They should be able to look upon their VODs, upon their replays, to research and get ready for that. But there was no resemblance of that at all on the pitch. These guys for the last month had just been doing whatever the fuck they want and not working together, not scrimming. And it just looks like ludicrous. It is bad for Rockley in a nutshell and bad for the players. Like after Flakes got picked up by Barca, you're like, okay, this is a risky move. Going forward, I wouldn't know any other team that in their right mind would want to pick up that lads. Because if you look at Barcelona right now, Jay, who's the guy that you're going to get rid of realistically on that team? It's going to be <laughs> That's Flakes. That's the problem. That's the reason why it's so, why it just goes fucking nowhere because there's no one that you can replace and the project clearly doesn't work. It's not worked for the longest time in the world. They beat rival series level just because of the fact they're all fucking championship level players. And now we're here in a situation where they should be looking for a world championship. And right now they're looking about as bad as Oxygen did. Like this was mm-hmm. fucking awful. Absolutely awful. And to contrast as well, just to, I know that you mentioned obviously the, the endpoint and Dignitas results. Remember the FC Barcelona in championship series swept endpoint and then they were a five game series or they took uh, Dignitas to five games on their series and championship mm-hmm. series. And like, we have come to say, on, guys. Dig on day one, when they went up against Barcelona, were god-awful. Like, Dig, again, we're in a very similar state where I, I, I was worried. I thought, why the fuck have we got Barcelona and Dignitas not bothering with this tournament? You know? And Dig fixed it for day two. We'll give them that. But it was still that point of Barcelona not being able to play against a Dignitas that quite frankly any other team in this bracket could have beaten Dig got lucky Barcelona should be ashamed of themselves absolutely like I'm I'm, I'm gonna agree with you there's nothing funny about this nothing funny about it whatsoever FC Barcelona just I, I've got no more faith on this team I'm not gonna have any more faith from here on out just because the fucking just if you're gonna have a tournament performances like this I don't think you deserve a championship series level spot like this was just atrocious absolutely atrocious and hopefully something contextualizes it going forward but man man oh man like what a disappointment what a disappointment and if you're an fc barcelona fan who's been you know singing their praises for the longest time you should be just as disappointed as we are because this was not a performance from a team that should be in the championship it's absolutely was not actually if there is anyone out there that think they thinks they can defend barcelona for this i want to hear it jay because come on the podcast seriously yeah, i actually want to see any reasoning to go that direction it, it, Here's you the know, thing, right? I, if, if you think I won't actually do that, you are thoroughly mistaken. I actually have sent open invitations to people in the past to say, look, come on the show and defend your point. Not one of them have responded. But if anyone does think they can defend Barcelona in this response, then hit me up. Like Twitter is Twitter DMs are open and I'll get you on the show and we'll fucking discuss it next week. Because to be honest, I, I don't see a way. I do not see a way this is plausible here. 
The, the only asterisk on that is just as long as you know your point is somewhat written out beforehand, not just the mad ravings of a lunatic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't, don't worry. Like, you know, the, the, the Reddit, the Reddit to come on and be structured and actually, like, have a good point there. To which, you oh, know, no, you can the learn That's the thing, right? You know, if we can destroy them in one sentence, then, and they keep arguing, then it's like, look, at that point, just get the fuck out of my don't show. Don't argue with stupid. That, yeah, that is exactly. It. <laughs> it's like, you know, don't argue with stupid, don't stick your dick in crazy, and don't drink tea that's too hot for you. Anyways. Uh, uh, FC Barcelona disappoint. Uh, BDS, I want to say they're disappointed to a lesser extent, to be honest. Um, uh, I, I can respect this result a little bit more because they did come up against Renault Vitality in the quarterfinals and... You know, for their first outing uh, against Championship Series level, that's okay. I feel like, you know, for BDS, um, uh, it wasn't the best of scenarios for them. They did already beat Singularity, so they've already got some Championship Series victories uh, under their belt. Um, uh, and against the Clappers side is where I think the real concerns cropped up for BDS because um, uh, that was not a series I think they should have lost, uh, even though it went down to the wire and Clappers just edged them out in two overtimes. Well, um, uh, realistically, both series were super close, uh, bar... And I'll say it, the very last game where Vitality finally figured it out uh, BDS and were able to easily get the win after that. But like you said, against the Clappers, that was a very close, uh, could have gone either way series. I mean, two OTs proved that exactly. Um, but yeah, BDS, with their experience, with what they've been doing, should have been able to get that. I, I can only put that down to Clappers having a very strange play style, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I kind of wanted to talk about that in just general sort of like um, um, in general context because, like, you know, I understand that the, the Clappers shouldn't have been a team that BDS lost to, but in general, they had a, a much better performance than even many, uh, you know, many people didn't expect them to make their way through the qualifiers here. So it's like, you know, what about that play style really messed with the likes of BDS to get them that victory on that, uh, on that lower bracket match? Again, it comes down to the link-ups, I'd say largely, between Joris and Archie. Calix, like I said, probably didn't have the uh, most incredible performance like he he's not a real rs player easy i don't think he's up to the rcs level just yet but where he can play more defensive and allow his two teammates to really just rule the roost like joris and archie are just destructive to teams and bds where their defense is still a little bit questionable that's just like the spanish sort of style even with monkey moon uh thrown on in like it was able to just just dismantle them enough like you look even then for bds let's just say uh to lighten the load a bit. When you look over to when the Canyons took down Clappers, that was a super close affair going to um, overtime three times in that series, if I remember correctly. So BDS just got unlucky that Clappers, who were on form this weekend, like looking at those players, some of the best I've seen those players play. So give them credit there. The Clappers really turned up for this weekend and other teams like tried their best, but they were not ready for this side because they didn't really know what to expect from them. And, you know, for, for the, uh, uh, you know, for, for the Clappers side, obviously, you know, the, the fact that they're making it into this top eight bracket is still a big fucking result for them. I feel like, so, you know, just to see those guys mm. and step things up and, uh, and do as well as they did, you know, I, I feel like they've, they had a, a really good, uh, you know, a, a really good tournament run overall, you know, and it's credit to them because 
yeah, this team, if they stick together, could well be in with a chance to make a rival series, I feel like, you know. I mean, I don't know how far they'll go in terms of promoting to championship, but, um, uh, you know, it's certainly an impact to make here on the spring series and certainly uh, put themselves in the picture now for the top placements in those uh, in, in those playing positions. So, you know, f- for the mm-hmm. Clappers, you know, I think that they definitely had an overperformance. The question is whether or not this will be another flash in the pan performance for a bubble scene team or whether or not they'll sustain it going into season 10. The problem just completely stems from with so much time between here and RLRS, anything can happen. This team could just, you know, disband and you won't see that sort of performance again purely because it was on those three working together with natural chemistry. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. Like I said, with the performance they put on, I could definitely see RLRS and RLCS teams uh, having a look at them. Like, straight on up, many a team would be a need like we we're saying earlier about the need that awkward tells needs a uh, more aggressive player where you've got and i'm going to sneeze in a second you've got george there who'd be a perfect addition I didn't know their secret fourth player. I'm going to sneeze in a second. Like, how the hell? <laughs> but no, um, uh, no. I, I think for the Clappers side, I mean, again, they've just got to give credit where it's due because I think that this film was very good um, uh, and I'm excited to see what they'll do next. I'm sure we'll see them in Fusion, by the way. Um, I feel like that's just appropriate to uh, see how well they can go in a Rocket League major of all things, but... Yeah, Clappers did all right. Um, uh, so the downfall of the BDS side, I'll move on and talk about Mouse Sports, who fell in the same position as the Clappers here. And you know what? Like looking at the performances, considering who they took, who they lost against, and most of those being the two teams that made it all the way to the grand finals, you know, like, you know, and getting it close against Renault Vitality as well. Like, that was a five game series. And Renault Vitality did get a reverse sweep in, and Dignitas did three one them in the loser's bracket. I honestly think, given those contexts, like it's not as terrible for our sports as many would think. But mm-hmm. based on Speed's stream leak, where he was messaging Rettles, basically saying that he was not happy with how RG performed uh, in Spring Series on the day of this bracket by the way um uh, it, it's it, it's not an encouraging sign for rg's oh. future in the mouse sports side i'm so amazed by that because the day before when you know after the first day when they got knocked down i remember him saying oh he feels like he should they're a top three team and then on the second day not happy with it now to me that just feels like that's a little bit of frustration after losing out there because like you said jay why? Where would this team go? Mouse Sports, they're respectful. You know, against Clappers, 3-1, more convincing than anyone else. They're like, they only, like, even I would argue more convincing than how uh, Canyons took them down, you know, and they went way to, uh, they went into OTs and all that. So, of course, Vitality, they played really well against. I loved that series against Vitality. So that was good fun. But ultimately, Vitality Ooh. just figure out their opponents and the way they're adjusting right now. How Alpha's fitting into that team is so much better. So, Mouse, just leave it there. Against Dig, it's Dig. Dig on day two turned the fuck up. Day one, they weren't really there. Day two, they fixed all their problems and were able to go super far. The problem was just that run for the lower bracket. They couldn't keep that energy up when they went up against Vitality. Like they they were worn out by that point, weren't they? So No, absolutely. So yeah. Mouse just take it as what it is. The big thing to question here is mentalities because I look at this and go, clearly in Europe at the moment, Vitality and Dig are your top two teams. Mouse, you're third. You're behind them. A loss here is not a bad case. You're still learning to play with Arju. 
keep on working at it for them to now you know i, I guess the damage isn't as hard if they were thrown aside but this with arju has been the best we've seen speed play cooks has been very commendable as well they look to be working together if you're going to you know get rid of arju now it's got to be for the reason of being able to be the world's best team and i look at these two players i look at speed and cooks and go that's a tough ask when you've got fucking Vitality and Dig there. Vitality, yeah. definitely for sure. And I'm going to say they went to game five against Vitality. Vitality are set in stone. We'll talk about Dig later because there's, you know, whole rumors going on about that. But Vitality, you have to make a move that could match or beat Vitality. When you're already just going able to take it to game fives, think about that build upon what you currently got because anything else for me is too much of a risk jay it is not worth it that's the thing like you talk about making a, a move to beat vitality and it's like you know like how the fuck do you even do that in the current <laughs> climate of things like you you just can't you know like with especially with the way that certain players played up and we'll get into more details on vitality in a minute but like for mouse sports like it's definitely a long con thing if they want to try and beat them overall because like you know like, there's there's nothing you can do right now to try and beat vitality like you've got to wait and bide your time and i think with Arju, it, it's a good enough sort of move to um a good enough pickup to keep yourselves together like you just got to work on some confident things i understand the frustration because like i think a lot of people would have placed mouse sports to be in that losers final against dignitas but just the way that the draw worked out it didn't it, it didn't quite work that kind mm. of way. Like mouse sports drew against literally the two grand finalist teams back to back and lost to them both. And you know, there's not much you can do about that. You just kind of have to take that on the chin. And yeah, the record books will always say you came second from last, but you know, the reality and the context of things is still very, very different. I feel like for mouse sports for me personally, like, I wouldn't take too many points away from them in terms of my, you know, grand rankings of you know my, my own personal top 10 rankings mm -hmm. uh, for this team, because like, you know, it, again, they've taken on some, that's a really tough ask to do in this kind of bracket. You know, you're looking with this bracket, like the, it was meant to be like the top eight teams in the whole of Europe throwing yeah. in the bubble teams as well. If Mouse are on the opposite side of the bracket, we've already seen they can take down the Clappers. I think they're taking down the Canyons, not a problem. Probably oh, another 3-1 yeah. affair, at most 3-2, to which they would have then gone up against Dignitas in the losers round three. Mouse just got a very hard side of the bracket as such and like with their run, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. You just got to deal with that. And let's think about this logically, right? Okay, if we had replaced the quarterfinal result between Canyons and Dignitas, Mouse Sports would have been up against Canyons there, right? So it's just a case that a bit one upset in the quarterfinals fucked up the bracket for Mouse Sports, and at the end of the day, you can't control that. So I feel like. Mm. I feel like Mouse Sports, especially Speed as well on his stream, like probably being a bit too harsh on himself, you know, like again, like this could have been a very, very, very different bracket if Dignitas shown up on game one, let's be real here, you know, Dignitas, they they were rusty on the first day of, of the bracket and we'll get into more details on that in a moment for now though. Mouse Sports, uh, futures are in jeopardy for Arju. I really hope they're not though. For me personally, again, I wouldn't have, uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take too much of a, uh, uh, you know, too much away from that result for the Mouse Sports camp, but that is for them to make their decision. Uh, on the other half of the bracket, obviously, Canyons did make it in against the Clappers and they faced off against Dignitas and that loses uh, consolation final. 
and obviously a lot of controversy surrounding this team, like, you know, especially on the Twitterverse and how they've uh, handled themselves, especially in the case of one particular player. Um, uh, but I wanted to ask about this run in particular because it's a good top four placement for me. But I think that Dignitas' performance contextualizes things a mm-hmm. bit more for them, considering that they lost to them later on in the bracket and they still couldn't get the one up above the endpoint side. Like, yes, that upset against Dignitas was impressive. Uh, well, well, it was impressive on paper, but I think from watching the match itself, I was just there like, look, Dignitas, you know, they, they didn't give Canyons a run for their money. And yes, they did make it pretty far into that top four. But again, had they lost and come up against Mouseports, I don't think they would have made it so far as that uh, that consolation match. No, and I mean, you can see that with Canyons uh, dropping to endpoint. It was a close series. We won't say anything else, but they still drop there and you'd value mouse as a better team than endpoint like you were saying if dignitas had turned up on day one mouse would have made it through the lower bracket to lose his finals because i would say mouse would take down any other team within that bracket bar dig and vitality so you got to take canyons into like you said you got to put it into its own little world and see what would have happened if because if canyons had lost the dig they would have gone up against barcelona I, they were taken out because Barcelona didn't even turn up on the day. So going into day two, Canyons would have gone up against Mouse and they would have fallen one step further back, which is realistically where you'd expect them to fall there in losers round two. I mean, with Barcelona, if Barcelona should have been making it through that far. Realistically, out of all these teams, it should have been one of either Canyons or BDS dropping in that losers round one alongside Clappers. Clappers had a great performance, pushed on through. That they were the biggest upset. Canyons just, again, got lucky because of Dig not turning up on day one. And that will be the way I look at this. Canyons, though, I will say, they're showing good, solid performance. And it'll be interesting to see them going into next season, of course. But we'll just... It's all... I don't... There still needs to be changes mixed up if they want to be able to play at the rlcs level i'd say like and solidly there because you can see against one of the lower end teams endpoint they're just not up to snuff and we'll, we'll just see how they develop i mean we saw that in the promotion relegation tournament chair as well didn't we and it's going to be interesting going forward but canyons they've got another season here they should be strong enough going forward. The off season is going to be the big teller, I think, because naturally before they go on back into the ROS, they're going to have that off season. This should be a team that should be very hyped on up, maybe be able to find an org if there is land events going on. We don't know about that current, you know, with the world climate things look up, but who knows how long it'll take to get out of it. But online tournaments, they should be able to perform and continuously push for places like this. For them to be able to get top eight is fantastic. Like to be able to get qualified through to the spring series is fantastic. For them to push through to where they were is awesome, but they've got to show it more than once. They've got to continuously keep pushing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that one. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that Canyons, obviously, it's a great first outing for them, I feel like, at this kind of level. Um, uh, but just to isolate their performance individually, like, I think that they're still going to have a, a, a bit of a time to get into the... Uh, uh, to get into uh, to get into the championship series for next season or, you know, after next season, they should be more specific. Um, you know, and obviously caveats applied to that Dignitas result because, you know, Tox did have a technical issue in game two, uh, which kind of threw them off, I feel like. Um, but, you know, with... Um, 
just individually and, and the way that they sort of performed as a team, I just feel like that in, in general, it's not quite good enough to make it up there yet. I think in the future they would though. I think, in, in, you know, come a, maybe a season or two, they'll find themselves in a position where actually they could, um, uh, they, they, they could have themselves a, uh, a spot over in the, um, uh, you know, in, in the championship series, you know, like, I think it's definitely plausible. You know, I think the Tox is a really good player. Um, I do find it funny that every time he chats shit about Virtuoso, the Virtuoso just slaps him back to reality <laughs> um, uh, because uh, it happened twice here. They, they took each other on in the uh, in the upper bracket of the uh, qualifiers and they took each other on in the semifinals and then Point just basically said, fuck you both for those times and it was quite yeah. entertaining. Um, uh, but no, Canyons... Again, good run. In context, though, probably not as impressive as many people would have sport thought it. Um, interested to see how far they'll go in the rival series, though, because um, uh, you know they've got potential. They've got a lot of potential. Um, and of course, moving on from Canyons to their El Clasico team, I think Virtuoso made that comment on Twitter. It was like, "We are now the budget El Clasico, a fucking um, rocket league." And like, don't know if El Clasico is the right way to contextualize <laughs> it there, mate. But I'll, I'll, I'll leave you to it. I mean, right now the El Clasico has got to be really Vitality versus Dig. Like that is such a story from between them that that's what you would expect for that. If not, then you might want to bring in maybe oxygen now. I don't know. I don't know if you can call it El Clasico at the moment yeah. because like El Clasico implies like two incredible brands that have got like a heated rivalry, like optic versus phase is an El Clasico in my opinion, you know, like, come on, like you, you, you can't get any bigger, big, a bigger rivalry than that I mean, when it comes to the biggest brands. one would be over in NA with uh, G2 NRG and cloud nine that's the best rock league rivalry it is and it's a freeway the gruesome threesome <laughs> <laughs> but that is the way it is like over in europe the best sort of rivalry for the longest time and at that top level is vitality and dig so you, anyone else it's like you really haven't been around long enough as a unit to say that you've got that true rivalry going on you know Look, if Dina Tassi and Vitality keep their teams in top form for the next year, then at that point, I think we can call it an El Clasico. But that's a topic for another day. Anyways, back to Endpoint. So obviously Endpoint coming into this uh, tournament, they had a uh, uh, they had a, a bit of a weird move um, uh, because they had Metzenaris coming in in place of Nachital. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people saw the move making sense with Metzenaris coming in, uh, in in that place. Uh, mm-hmm. For me personally, I didn't think Nachital was the guy to remove. And after this tournament, I believe that yes, um, Metzenaris was the right player to bring in. I'm still not sold, though, that Natchitoche was the right player to take out. And at most, it comes down to Endpoint's day one performance. And yes, they did get a 3-0 Ben Smith Arsenal. They did beat Canyons. But I think that some of those results, especially against Canyons, could have been a lot more far gone if Relating Wave was performing in the correct sort of fashion. Because I feel like there were times where you mi- really missed control of the board, missed touches and missed shots that really would have given Endpoint the edge above the Canyon side. And there was one point, I think it was point blank in front of the net, and he wasn't able to go for the actual shot because he just completely whiffed on the ball and I think that his mm. confidence is something that needs to be worked on and I don't think that's a shot that if you p- replace that situation with Natchitoche that he would have missed you know yeah like it's so interesting right now because Relaying Wave and Natchitoche were both able to be the ones to be replaced we'll put that one out there they both had problems on certain days and it, it it's interesting to think in a what if world if what if it was Virtuoso, Metza, and Natchitoche is their relating wave. I mean, the what ifs are there, but so far, all we can see is this endpoint J compared to when they finished last season look better, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. They, they do. I mean, you know, and there's no denying that much. Like, I think that, um, uh, uh, 
I think it's a major improvement to say the least, you know, and I can see a decent opportunity for them going into the next, um, uh, uh, going into the next season. I just feel like, again, it could have been a little bit better if they had just made a different move in that respect. Um, uh, uh, because again, you know, as you mentioned, Endpoint looked really fucking good. They went toe to toe against Renault Vitality. They made it into the winners' finals, and I don't think they would have done if the Canyons didn't upset Dignitas. Um, I think that Dignitas would have been able to beat uh, the Endpoint side, and we'd be seeing a very different sort of run from them. Um, uh, maybe they would have made it into that losers' finals yeah. through you know. Being out some of the other respective sides um but for me endpoint like you know again i'm convinced that metanaris was the right move mm-hmm. i'm just not sure the player he's replacing uh was the good call you know i i don't know i i'm happy with this currently right now and again you they've made the move you can't go back and change it but again you look at how endpoint in this tournament like we were contextualizing it with canyons Barcelona didn't turn up easy for Canyons. I would have expected Endpoint still to win that. The 4-1 against Endpoint, yeah, they're going to get smashed. Day two, after how Dignitas turned things around, you'd expect them to win. So Endpoint got to the third place. Fantastic on them. But if it was not with the current climate of what happened on day one... You wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have gone that way. Barcelona should have been able to take down Endpoint. Endpoint then would have been put in a point uh, in that spot, even against a dig on day one, and that would have been the real truth there. If a bad day one dig could be beaten by Endpoint, that'd been interesting to see. And then if mm. they did, they would have to go on against Mouse in day two. Again, this tournament is a lot of ifs and buts due to certain day one really not showing up performances. But Endpoint, credit where it's due, day two against Dig there. And this is where I'm going to really see the strength from them, Jay, because I feel like that's the fairest point. That 4-2 against Dig was super close. The like Absolutely, the only games yeah. that didn't really go anywhere close was Dig being able to get quick leads in uh, game three and game Christ six there, and they were able to just take it three one because Dig currently are playing with more of a mentality of as soon as you get two goals up, you try and just hold on to it. You know you don't need any more. They like to play, get that lead, and then play it safe afterwards, and very play a very controlling game. But endpoint, they've got to give themselves a pat on the back because even with like we said that all contextualized, they still put on a good game. Mm game day even against vitality i mean don't get me wrong vitality we're able to see it on out but it was mainly still one goal differential games and it was still a lot of goals put on by endpoint so endpoint can figure out vitality's defense they've just got to figure out their own defense a little bit more i feel like yeah and i mean even then you know like talking about the ding attached result like how close that was i had i was actually on the edge of my seat for a lot of that matchup especially in game mm. five like if there's one game that you watch throughout the entire weekend is endpoint dignitas game five because that match was down to the wire went so far as an overtime with as many comeback goals as you fucking want you know like it, it was amazing uh truly amazing stuff from them and for endpoint you know obviously that's a great result because obviously you know talking about talking about how day two is the more fair result you know i feel that's absolutely the case and for them to go that well against Dignitas on their day two performance is actually a good result I think for Endpoint and the future is looking promising for them I just think that there's mm-hmm. one final move that could push them over the edge to being a top tier team but um, uh, oh well you know like a, a, a championship contending team I should be saying it shows um, uh, though Virtuoso's skill here oh, and absolutely like, like things the thing, to mate. look at 
Relaine Wade does good as a core player. Metzer is not washed. You're worried after, you know, TSM, how oh, he yeah, would no. fit in here. Like, that was our biggest worry. If that team didn't look good, any everyone looked bad, you know? So great to see Metzer back into it. But Virtuoso really stepping up. And in the most annoying fucking way possible with all those <laughs> demos and that. But well, that's, that's I what I was going to say, right? It. If it wasn't for Alpha in Venitality, I think my MVP pick would have been fucking Virtuoso just because of what he mm -hmm. brought to the table outside of the stat line because what he did, what he enabled for Endpoint, like he oh. is the enabler. He is the enabler, right? I feel like they actually come with a title like, you know, some fucking bad guy. The enabler. Yeah. He did, that's like what he my, did, you know? My, my picks for MVP, like the three best, was of course Virtuoso, Alpha, and Speed, I think, across that whole weekend. Yeah, and I, agree. I don't think anyone else would disagree of that you know like just those three lads have pop-up performances and to for virtuoso to get included with that this lad is good like and he's done it through the rlrs making it through to the rlcs having that season where he's had to fight hard but this coming season has got to be where he puts his name today and that is the truest form that is what when sinus came up with his format it feels like how they wanted things to progress for teams and finally it's working for them but it's you know way too late down the lines of rlcs and rlrs but it's good to see virtuoso doing it in such a raw way to make it through he didn't get picked up by one of the top teams no. he didn't even get picked up by an rlrs team he had to make it through with other bubble players not even at the time thought to be super high bubble players on disc and bubblers they formed together and you're like holy shit how is this team that good like they they were near enough no names they were good no names but just you wouldn't think they'd be in top of the bubble pushing it through first season going into the RLCS and you can see this team is changing and it is all centered around virtuoso and that's just like again it feels so good to see him doing so well um uh, and for this team obviously endpoint are, are doing well because of it you know and and again I'm 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 still going to say what I said as the caveat but I'm excited for what this team has to go with in the future. For now, though, they get a third-place position. I think a well-deserved third-place position as well uh, here in this uh, Spring Series bracket. And we'll move on from there. Um, uh, Going to be a bit of a negative one, even though Dignitas did come in in seconds. Uh, but uh, this team, like, oh, my God. I looked at this squad and I thought, mate, like, oh, I looked at this bracket, I should say, and when I did my write-up for our Aftershock.com, um, uh, uh, I was like, look, the, the only grand final we could see is Renner Vitality versus Dignitas. Mm -hmm. What I didn't account for is the amount of ring rust we would see from Dignitas. Like, it's clear to me that they didn't put much practice in after the uh, RLCS. They just took no. time to enjoy their first place position and then just kind of left it at that. And it showed. It showed on day one especially, man, because, like, even though they got the victory against FC Barcelona, that was still an absolute fucking slog fest for Stignatas, you know. And even though the the, the victories uh, the, the victories were very high scoring uh, goals for the for the Dignitas side, with nothing being scored for FCB, the Canyons result really contextualizes how how much of a slog it was for Dignitas mm. because. They looked god-awful on day one. Truly, truly god-awful. And even by day two, I don't think they recovered to the Dignitas that we saw in the no. RLCS playoffs. You know, like, That was definitely not the same team throughout the entire course of the Spring Series. No, you can definitely see like that. Day one, you're right, just god awful. Day two, they were able to build it up and they got to a very strong point, but it was still just not 
to that top level that they had already put down. And this comes back to back during the RLCS where Dick put out the comms videos and you can see there is a clear problem on that team between Astral and Yukio. And this is one of the things that has sparked a major rumor that Dig is going with a roster change. And a lot of people would probably think this is bonkers, but it feels as if Astral's the one that has to go because he is in comms anyway, the biggest problem for that team being very negative, getting the team down is not, you know, helping, not being positive, which is massive for morale, isn't it, Jay? Where you've got to try, pick the team up. And I think this team is the possibility of win worlds, of course. But if they keep going at the rate they are right now, it's not going to happen. Either Dig makes a roster change or they get in, you know, lifestyle coaches and all of that to really pull this team together and get them to work. But I mean, considering everyone is shut indoors at the moment and that's going to be the case for, you know, a fair bit of time before anyone can really go traveling that considering they're all from different countries. I, that the lifestyle coach option isn't really there, is it? And Dig wants this when they've now got this team that is possibly at the brink of winning at Worlds. They, they're going to want results soon because they don't want to fizzle out. And this is scary to me that you can have a team that, by all accounts, is top two in Europe. I mean, after this weekend, the second best team in Europe. And they're not good enough. They could do better. You know they can do better. But together, it feels like we're just on the verge of them fucking exploding. Absolutely. Um, uh, and I haven't seen these common videos, so I can't talk from that perspective of, you know, the team mentality right now. Um, uh, but like, again, just like just seeing how the difference comparing RLCS to this is just like, mate. What happened here? Like, you know, all the stuff we talked about as well, with the way that you know we're like doing a task of access to new level. Oh my god, they are they've 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 broken through their skill ceiling. They've gone to a different style of Rocket League that just is so impressive and so good. And it's like, well, now none of that is to be seen. They're not even a shadow of that level of performance. You mm. know, they are they are they are absolutely not. You know, um, and 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 that's the problem here. You know, that that's that, that's the problem. I think the tasks have just fallen so far from grace and it feels like everything that we're saying from the dignitas camp from the uh from the last tournament is actually could be applied to vitality in this tournament here like you know <laughs> that's that's the curious part about it and, and again more details coming up but here's the scary thing i think for a lot of teams in the uh in in the uh in the tournament and, and in this european scene i should say dignitas still made grand finals even on this lower level form like Right now, we are setting ourselves mm -hmm. up for a ridiculous rivalry, like you know, between Dignitas and Renault Vitality. And if they keep that top formation for Dignitas, like Vitality, as you mentioned earlier, this could be the El Clasico of fucking Europe. It definitely can, like considering that you know the Vitality roster is like, sorry, the Dig roster started off naturally from gale force and they all split up vitality completely basis starting with you know patchy uh fairy peak and freaky and that's all sort of like the only remnants of that is fairy peak but as soon as they got on in um 
Kade off and then, you know, scrub. You could see this team was formulating towards that French powerhouse. And they are a powerhouse right now. It took them a while to get Alpha involved. But when you look on Dig on the opposite end, they've got all the pieces together, but they can't get those pieces to fit. It is super odd. And it all comes down to player personalities. And that's, like we said, one thing that is so hard to fix because you're having to change your players as individuals and naturally it's hard to see that in yourself you need someone else to look that on in and relatively speaking that's not a coach's job to do you know that's not the coach's job to change you as a person to become the best human you can be because that is what they need right now you can see panda is frustrated at this that he's the captain of this team and it's a team that could win worlds and he's got astral on one side acting like a fucking annoying little eight-year-old and then you've got yukio feeling almost like the little uh feeling like the bigger brother who is taking that bait each and every time and they're just going off on each other and you're like Boys, if you can work together, you could win everything, but you can't another, get over that. It's another FC Barcelona, isn't it? You know, it like, is. And, it feels and, like and the that's start the thing. Yeah, and you know we, we've already we've already seen where that goes for FCB. Um, you know, it's not a fun little time um, uh, for. And, and it's, you know, you also got to consider another angle from this as well. Every time Yukio has been a part of a roster move, he has dropped off the edge of a cliff when it comes to his form, you know? And I think oh, it's a God, case yeah. of, you know, he, he's not very good at adapting on the fly. And if they have to swap Astral, Dignitas are going to dip in form. Like, I'm calling it right now. If they decide that they're going to have to get rid of a player then they're not going to be a top they're not going to be top 2 in Europe anymore and and that's the key thing to, to to that's what makes this move and what makes any sort of like roster move for Dignitas so difficult because oh. Yukio like un unless you want to remove Yukio in which case okay you would avoid that and Yukio would be in the slums for the next fucking season but you know like with for Dignitas, like what could you lose in that particular respect? So, will Astral become uh, still be a toxic element to the new third, or is that still going to be, or, or, or will, will those will those uh, you know issues subside, or will they you know fade away with a new player? Is it just a compatibility issue between those two players? There's so much to consider with this sort of thing, and it's like for Dignitas, it's a lose lose situation either way. Yeah. So when you look at that transfer, because I see this seriously as like that complexity issue of this team is just going to fucking implode. If you look at getting rid of, let's say, Ashley, you got rid of the best player on your team. That is fucking harsh. Who do you replace him with? Because Dignitas has got itself into such a into such a good state where it knows like this is the right formula to win. It's just how they execute that formula. Who do you replace it with? The only free agents right now that they could possibly take, I'm not including flakes in this, because I don't see that roster move happening. Like Warner with Dignitas take a player that is clearly just toxic. Like you don't want to pick him on up. Like it's already been proven. You, you have to pick from players that are down in the ROS, bubble players like, let's just say Joris right there, that could fill that spot, but they don't have that same level of experience. You've tried that already and it didn't work with Astral. You're in that current state right now. You've got somehow take that risk and that is scary okay we take we get rid of uh, yukio he's you know part of the problem naturally he's uh biting back at astral we can try and fix on the astral we need to go for a lad that you know is very headstrong 
and can be able to deliver. He's, he's an all-rounder on the pitch. Okay, what are your options right now? Well, the best options, ideally, looking at it, is you've got to go and pay the buyouts for either Fruity or Speed, and they're going to be big fucking buyouts. Yeah, Do Dick no. want to do that when, like you said, you're currently in the middle of this coronavirus epidemic. As soon as that's over, we're going to have a you know, an absolute crash in the economy, Dig aren't going to be wanting to fork out. What I would assume anyway is probably somewhere close to 100,000 easily for those players. That just does not seem right. So Dig are in the worst possible case right now. And I mean, if if one of those players goes, I'm sure Yuki and both Asher would find easily homes in RLCS teams. Like, you got a singularity there that's just fucking licking their lips going, right, when you're making this move, we're, we're swooping in, we're going for that, you know, straight away, because why wouldn't they? The natural sort of case could be made even there from when you look at uh, FCB. If Astral goes, FCB are probably be looking at, or Yuka could probably be looking at one of those as well. You've got Mouse Sports there. If Speed is really in that case where he doesn't think this is a team, like he's he's happy with the team, but he wants to get that world winning team. Those are two players that could possibly be picked up for his side and do that. There's and Oxygen as well. We have to look at that. Who knows? Maybe with Oxygen picking up. Think of this right now. Astral over to Oxygen when you've got two lads that could, like, and to replace, well, it wouldn't even work there because who would, like, I'm just saying, like, maybe Chorset goes across. Maybe they try and just mix things up for them because they've got stale. Who knows? But it's just that point of right now, it is just the worst case in the world because Dignitas has to make this move, but do Dignitas want to do it? And if they do, it's not certain that it's going to work. That is what is scary. Realistically for me, Astral getting rid of him is going to be your safest bet, it feels like, for your long term. But for the short term, you want to get rid of Yukio. What do you do? That Which, yeah, that's, that's the problem. Hard. You know, That is fucking hard. They get rid, of, like I said, they get rid of Yukio on the short term. Yeah, they stay up next season. Not a problem. They might even be top four. But in the long term, if they get rid of Yukio, that's a team that not next season, but the season after will be back to a world winning status. Like they can get that. But next season, they'll be struggling to stay top six. That is a big oof. Yeah, um, it will be a big, big oof, <laughs> to say the least. Um, uh, yeah, no, um, I think we're on the verge of a big roster shuffle in Europe, um, uh, and it all kind of depends NA on... as well. And oh, well, is... NA was a given. I mean, you know, you should hear the Rettles rumors, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are fucking insane. Um, but, you know, um, like with, um, uh, you know, with with Dignitas just back onto the topic with those guys, like I think it all rests. I think this roster shuffle rests on uh, Dig and what they decide to do with Astral and with the Astral and Yukio situation. Um, because if they do decide to make a move and if they can't get over their personal differences and they do decide to take one of these players out, we could be 
seeing so many players because there's so many potentials for moves. Like as you mentioned, mm -hmm. Mouse Sports, if they're still truly considering Arju out, then they might pick up one of those two players. Oxygen clearly need to make a move, so they might pick up one of those players. Endpoint could see a way back out. They could get rid of relating. Well, I mean, they can't do that because obviously they've locked in for the uh, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. the next season. But like you know, depending on you know depending on specifics, I mean, you you never know how that might work out. They might bring Natural back in place of a relating wave and might find a way to stop someone else, someone else in on the Dignitas side assuming Metzenaris doesn't want to you know go with his uh, trial run you know and then you've got the uh, mm -hmm. prospect of SC Barcelona who have also been shit like so much so much right now and we are we are so close towards it I feel like I think I think <laughs> oh, we're there's going to be an explosion ice. in the yeah. next few weeks with players going about and just right now I would not want to be Violent Panda. Violent Panda, we have to say as well, has picked himself back up to form mechanically because he's always been good on the mental side of the game, but he's been improving very steadily mechanically. And it's interesting to see that purely because he's not, his role on a, on his team is not to be a mechanical player. Like he is purely just keep everything in order. So it's good to see him be able to do that because that could be very vital for this upcoming move. And just again, Vine Panda, good fucking luck because you've got <laughs> the choice of absolute hell coming up. I mean, up good, good, you, good, good luck managing you your stress of? is what I'm going to say, yeah. right? Like, that's going to be tough as fuck. But um, uh, for Dignitas, obviously, they did fall down in that second place position, getting swept out of the board by Rano Vitality, which, of course, leads us on to our champions. Quite the contrary compared to Dignitas in this bracket because holy fuck, holy shit. Like this was insane. Mm -hmm. Absolutely insane. And again, as I was mentioning earlier, the same stuff that we said about Dignitas prior after the RLCS and their playoffs, we could take all of that and apply it to Renault Vitality because we saw some insane stuff. And for once, they actually unleashed Alpha. Now, I know that we're talking about how Alpha's been taking on a new role with this Run of Vitality lineup, and I was saying, look, I think they need to put him in more of a striker role. I need to give him a bit more presence on the pitch. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know, like they, they, they unleashed him, they let him off his fucking lead, and he wrecked every single player he could find on his lonesome as well. Like, he, in that Endpoint series, I believe, had one of the most you know, insane stat lines I think I've ever seen in a competitive Rocket League uh, a, a tournament match. Like, it was insane. Absolutely ridiculous. I could not believe some of the numbers I was seeing post up. I couldn't believe some of the stuff I was seeing in the server. It's. I, I made a joke, obviously, on the Aftershock Twitter saying that he fucking made a deal with the devil to sacrifice Endpoint to become a god. That, that's basically what it felt like there because, my God, my God, what a player Alpha is. Like, he is the Zywu to Turbo Simple, right? Like, that that's what he is. Like, that, and, and Vitality are doing so well because of it, because not only have they got Alpha popping off, the K.Dot Fairy Peak connection hasn't waned at all. Mm-hmm. Like, this team is so, so deadly and terrifying for anyone that wants to contest for championships. So the biggest thing right now is Alpha is, like, previously compared to, like, um, like compared to RLCS, the biggest change here is Alpha's increase in goal participation. He was involved in 77% of the goals from... Uh, 
the spring series. The only lad who could get higher than that was speed. And that's just naturally speed's role. The biggest difference there is just Alpha is putting way more shots on target. He's getting more assists than speed. His whole role is just to be down an attack. And that's not saying he's not getting saves because he's averaging at 1.65 saves per game. So maybe that's on the lower end of things, but that's purely because he is an attacking midfielder. He can come back for do saves because naturally you've got to, but it just feels like they have finally found Alpha's true place in this team. And that is phenomenal to see to the point where I don't like, I still see there is room for growth for vitality. Of course there is. They're still learning, but I don't see any other team right now being able to rival them. Like, and it's in such a harsh case because quite frankly, we said it spring series in EU was shite across the board like skill level just was not there mainly because you had dig not showing up on day one you had barcelona just not showing up altogether and it'll be interesting to see that again but right now you're there going i wish we had a wells because i want to see you know vitality be able to take on g2 i want them to i want to actually see right now uh, most of all, Vitality versus NRG. I want to see that series after Last World, you know, and just see what's going on. And it's all it's all purely because EU's on a little bit of an explosion point with massive jumps, whereas NA, those top teams, I think are going to be safe. Like when you look at both NRG and uh, G2, they should be safe going forward. And I'd love to see what Vitality can do against them. You know, yeah, I mean, v, that, that's, the, that's the thing, geez. right? Like, I so wish we had a land right now because to see Vitality in this form and, to, I can't and, see and Dignitas, losing. and especially on Dignitas, you know, like if they kept the form, like it, it, given given a different world, I think that they wouldn't, they wouldn't have like, you know, um, uh, just left it be after the, um, after the uh, after the RFCS playoffs, and then would have gone into land back on form without having any ring rust whatsoever. Um, and with, with, the, with the way that those two, the thing of vitality would play, then we could be seeing a completely different world. In which case, you know, I, I don't know what else. I just I just wish we could have seen what the outcome would have been because, like, some of these teams you mentioned, vitality looked fucking untouchable. You know, they didn't lose mm-hmm. a single series in this bracket. And furthermore, I don't think, with the exception of Mouseports, they ever got it down to a match point for the opposition side like you know that was such it was such a great performance from them and i'm just i'm just i'm just impressed and i'm so impressed with the way that vitality have, uh, have held <laughs> themselves together and they are the best team they are the best team in europe at the very least i mean you know i i'd make an argument for north america but i haven't seen a lot of the north american matches so I, I can't really say that for absolute certainty but even so like man what a showing what a showing from vitality was indeed and like I said, right now, I can't see a team beating Vitality with how they've even got more room to grow. It's just going to be incredible to see how they progress. And it's interesting as well, like this difference of like they were trying to, I don't want to say pigeonhole Alpha into a role of being that man all about the pitch, but they, they threw that away for this spring series and let him just go loose, do what he wanted. So it shows that in this one month off, Vitality had been putting the work on it in and trying to just see what else is there. But at that same point, 
they can go back to that old strategy. Vitality have given themselves versatility, which is going to make them such a strong team overall because you've seen teams that are very one-sided, let's say Barcelona, where they can just get destroyed if a team is ready for it. And it'll be interesting because that is just going to go all around to the growth of vitality. The French domination era is upon us, and it's all because these lads are some of the hardest working individuals there are. And that hard work has paid off big time, man. It has looked so, so impressive. And I'm just I'm just excited to see what the future holds for Vitality. Just wish we knew with the next tournament that was coming up because, you know, that would be fucking amazing to know where they're going to be placing on against next. I don't count Fusion, fuck that. Uh, you know, um, uh, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm looking forward to the next big major um, because for Vitality especially, like, man, like, what could you, you know, what else could we expect to see out of them? Like, are they going to grow even more? Will this be a, uh, you know, a, a, a real, like, you know, watershed moment for them? Like, are they going to continue to hold their own? They, they've still got one more step. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think they've still got, I think they've still got, uh, you know, a, a more room to grow. But I think every team does, to be honest. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious to see where that next step will go and, and where they'll grow towards. Uh, because, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm excited, you know, man. Like, just it's a good time to be a European fan if you love the top end tier of what European Rocket League has to work with. So, there you go. Um, that wraps up the spring series, and that wraps up the show as well, Bacon. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there a lot to unpack. Obviously, a bit of a long one, but certainly one that's worth it after the spring series results. Um, I think we're going to fit in a good three hours to the show. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, like, it's been a long show. We were not expecting this today, were we? No. I mean, I was, <laughs> but you know, let that be what it was. Considering as well that this is the first thing I've done today, I literally so, got got up before we started when I the said show. Set a hard out at five, and you went, yeah, let's start for twelve. I was like. Maybe he just wants to start early. He's got some work in the evening. No, you were planning on this, weren't you? No, I absolutely was. <laughs> like, you know, if if we if we started recording at our regular time, we would have got it down fucking very very low. So don't worry. Mm. I we we I, I I made a plan for this. Okay. And uh, certainly there was a uh, there was a good reason for that because yep, yeah, it's a very long one, a lot of stuff to break down, and a lot of interesting stuff to come forward in the rest of the Rocket League space for the off season. Again, I am really hoping that we get the new the next tournament from Sionic soon because um, uh, you know it would uh, it, it would be much appreciated to know where we're going down this route mm. and then see what we have to look forward to. Oh yeah, definitely. Like it can't come sooner. As we said, there's nothing. Whilst our fusion is official from Sionics or like you know sanctioned as such, it's not an actual Sionics event. And we have never been in this sort of like we have been in this case a couple of times before, but it was never like in such a world crisis where there is just so much free time. Where they've been changing to these online events, this needed to happen. I I was honestly in the mindset of oh they'll announce some like the next plans during the European. Um, spring series because why would you leave it any any later for a game that is now four years in in its esports and you're getting to a point where you've got no idea what's coming down the line as a fan that's scary and as we know that's the same case for the players for the org so sonics please just get something going indeed so um uh we will wait until that announcement comes down. Mm. For the time being, though, we're going to end off on the show. It has been very, very fun. 
uh, as of this week. And again, a lot of good shit mm-hmm. coming up and uh, a lot of good interesting times, I feel like, uh, coming through. So, um, uh, yeah, that's going to conclude episode 74 <laughs> of the show and going to conclude the spring series as well. Uh, hopefully it has been as exciting for you as it has been for us in terms of the Rocket League scene. Um, uh, and of course, I'll plug the regular shit, of course, during the Discord. Uh, show us a video description of every single episode of the podcast. Go click that link, follow us, join our community, send us mailbag questions, get involved in the pick and prediction games, which I think we're going to get booted up as well for... Actually, no, wait, there's nothing else coming up, is it? Fuck, I'm being an idiot. Ex- ignore that. There's a pick Fusion. and prediction game. <laughs> no, fuck that. Absolutely not. Uh, no, <laughs> definitely like, not. We Fusion. wouldn't do that to Dex. Come on. Like, that's just, no, um, like, no, that's no, way no, too no. much work for that lad. No, 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 no. I, I, I wouldn't do that to him. But um, uh, I think he's going to organize some more gaming nights. Obviously, we've all got Valorant as well. So if you've got a Valorant key, I'm looking to try to set up some good stuff when I get my PC repaired. Because uh, right now I'm running everything off a fucking laptop because this stupid piece of shit has crapped out on me. Um, uh, and only four months into working by the way so let that have let that sink in um uh, but yeah no um yeah make sure to join the discord got a lot of interesting shit going on we're always discussing stuff out there it's uh you know a fun time to be a gamer and a fun time to be a rocket league mm-hmm. fan in our discord so go ahead and join us for that as well as that the twitter at rl aftershock to go ahead and keep up to date with all the news and everything going on with rocket league um uh, uh twitch.tv slash rl aftershock where you should be able to stream the shows live we were doing our viewing parties bacon but you seem to have fucking fallen behind on that you haven't done any as of uh, easy the life with work and then trying to do other stuff yeah but you had the Happens. weekend to do to do show to do me, stuff me, like me. that me, 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 me. whatever <laughs> anyway hopefully we'll bring those back soon but the twitch channel should be there as soon as we get ready to do more of the live editions of the podcast but unfortunately uh not quite as easy with the, the, the latest situations being going on Mm. Uh, with the schedules and such um, uh, of course though uh, if you want to follow the podcast in its regular recorded form it's available on YouTube iTunes Spotify Google Podcasts TuneIn and most other audio distribution platforms you can go to anchor.fm slash Aftershock to find your favourite platform or request your favourite way to listen or just search RL Aftershock in your podcast or audio uh, distributors search engine so with that being said that's going to conclude the podcast I'm in the eternal journey this has been Digital Bacon any final words from you my friend before we head off Yep, we've uh, currently nothing on the landscape up. I am going to set up a new tournament. I'm going to call it RL. Hmm. Let's let's go with. Uh, <laughs> do you want to do you want to run RL that Helix? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going up with RL Helix. I have found six pound fifty one in my back pocket. The first round is going to be drop shot. Second will be hockey. Third going to be uh, let, let's go with some basketball. Fourth will be boomer mode, and then fifth will be moon ball. And that's just for the qualifiers. When we get through to the main event, it will be all four v four. So make sure you have a team of six players ready for that and uh yeah we'll uh, do we'll put sign ups uh, later this week the way you sign up is go on the official rocket league discord and then you've got to at uh let's go with uh let's go with shyst on this one <laughs> with the hashtag in your name and put rl helix alongside your teammates as well as let's say your favorite food why not and that's how you officially sign up for this Please don't actually do that. Please don't, do that, don't no. actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to get off your screens, out of your ears, and back here next week for even more of the Aftershock.